Hello and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two fans and two non-fans and an occasional guest talk controversial, noteworthy comic books and comic book history. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. I'm Daryl. I'm Joe. We, what? Joe is back. Oh no! I, I I guess this is the end of the event that when I got when I replaced Joe. <laughs> I came so out of the Speed Force to take my place back for one yeah. time. Yes, you really Joe are was... like the Wally to Joe's Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and much like in the story we're going to talk about, Joe was killed off in an event, and then his main writer was like, "This sucks," and unkilled him. <laughs> so, guys, we're here. At the end of our road. We made it, but we didn't really. <laughs> I would say, in a way, that I think Craven's Last Hunt is like, that's where our podcast should have ended. And <laughs> <laughs> this is like the really terrible, awful, garbage finale. That No, this is the ending the show deserves. Yeah, this is the kind <laughs> yes, of comic that yes. we were made for, really. Ult- Ultimatum is, is the ending the show needs. Yeah. So yes, we'll be discussing the five-issue miniseries Ultimatum by Jeff Loeb and David Finch. The series that... Even though it didn't end the Ultimate Universe, it sure should have. <laughs> it ended basically the ultimate. Ultimates used to be like the the biggest push Marvel had at the time. Like if you if you read like uh, any of the magazine, like like in the newspaper, mm-hmm. you if they'll have like comics for free sometimes with, with like New York Post and stuff, and they'll give you an issue of Ultimate X Men. Like yes, and, and the Ultimate X Men Legends game. Uh, uh, it was like the Ultimate X-Men costumes. Like, it was, they were really pushing like the Ultimates as the main universe. Mm-hmm. Ultimatum ended all that. It became... Yeah, they really pushed the Ultimate universe to kind of be the new, awesome, kind of like accessible Marvel universe where you didn't have to read like mm-hmm. 400 issues uh, to know everything that was going on. Uh, but the problem with that is eventually when you reach, you know, 60 issues, you begin to <laughs> get unaccessible mm-hmm. again. Uh, and that's yes. where this story comes in. Yeah, we're gonna yes. get we're gonna get to some like weird comic bullshit uh, even in like this story. Like already, Ultimate Universe got its own uh, continuity heavy lore in just mm-hmm. 100 issues of, of content. And for the most part, the up until this point, the Ultimate Universe was I I think creatively and financially really really successful. Where yes, there are some bad things like we talked about Ultimates three mm-hmm. just a couple months ago. That's terrible. And, some like, would Ultimate argue X-Men, Ultimates one and two, but <laughs> yeah, but. But I understand the appeal for Ultimates 1 and 2, even if I wasn't a big fan of them on the reread. But, like, overall, the, the Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Fantastic Four, and Ultimate X-Men franchises had a lot of cool... And, like, Ultimate X-Men kind of peters out by the end, to put it lightly. But, like, for the most part, these franchises still had lots of pretty A-list writers at the time. Especially the time, like, Ultimate... Like, Ultimate 3, it says Road to Ultimate on the, on the cover. Yeah. If, if you see, like, on, on the, any of the Ultimates covers, you know that's when it stops, when it stops being good. Basically, yes. all, all the books just turned to trash at that point. Yeah. And even, like, the ones that are really good still had a lot of damage control to recover. Like, Ultimate X-Men eventually got good again, but it still had to do a lot of heavy lifting. Same thing Ultimate Spider-Man had, like, a weird era around here. Can you guys remind Wait. me what Jeff Loeb wrote that we've read? Because I feel like he's trash. Ultimate but 3. I... <laughs> Ultimate 3, but he also... The go- you ever read Long, Long Halloween? Halloween? These were some of the most uh... beloved comic stories, like, ever made. Yes. And that that's not like that's not like a sarcastic. He's Long Halloween, Dark Victory, all of the Marvel Color series. Um yeah. his Batman Superman run is pretty good for a while. He wrote yeah. Heroes? You wrote Heroes. Yes. <laughs> so he wrote the good heroes, season one, and the bad heroes, season three. Okay. Yes. 
Because I'm like, this this writing was, like, atrocious to me. And I'm like, yes. I feel like Jeff Loeb is a name that I hear as, like, being touted as, like, you know, great, mm-hmm. great creator. But, yeah, I, you know. I saw a refresher. Jeff Loeb used to be one of the greatest writers in, in the column with them. Then, unfortunately, tragically, his son Sam. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. I remember you yeah. guys talking about him. Yeah, you guys right. covered that yeah. in the past episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Ultimate yeah. Three. Yeah. I've listened to the show from afar. You've been staying up with our continuity. Yeah. He's been watching <laughs> yes. over us from Steve Forest. Yeah. For sure. From the AM. Um, I've, I've been in the same room with uh, Superboy Prime, Earth 2 Superman, and Lois. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are skipping the most important thing that Jeff Loeb ever wrote, which was Teen Wolf. Oh, yes. Teen Wolf. And Commando with <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> he's had a career. He was also the head of Marvel Television for a very yeah. Very he, long time. he was like Marvel's TV guy until like very recently, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, like he was doing the he was producing the Netflix shows, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. he was a big yeah. part yes. of that. Because uh, he, he, he actually has a lot, he has a lot, like sometimes he uses his name for good, which he did in like the Netflix shows, <laughs> but, but he has a huge uh, weight because his his name is one of the few names like casual readers will know because if people start with long Halloween all the time so no like Jeff yeah. Loeb is a good writer and then they'll, they'll give Jeff Loeb projects whatever projects he wants pretty much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he has like he also like created the new Nova and like that I really like his his work on that and like he does still occasionally have good stuff in the modern age like Captain America White was really good but uh Ultimatum is not one of those things I heard the cable book he did was pretty decent too yes yes and uh, yeah, so and but then he also like showed up to the Iron Fist conference dressed in basically yellow face. So like not really, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so, not great. Yeah. Okay. I just he dressed like in like <laughs> like it like uh, like I guess like a gi and like uh, I don't know. It just it wasn't okay. That's not like it wasn't your full face. yellow face. Yeah, but it was I, like I, I questionable. <laughs> At the, it was also at the same time that Marvel's editor-in-chief was revealed to be, I think it was editor-in-chief, was revealed that he was secretly writing under an Asian pseudonym for years. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so in the 2000s, there was like Marvel, like not manga, but like very Asian style comic books. <laughs> um, and the writer was like this Asian name, Ashida Yotamara or something like that. And people were like, wow, cool. Marvel got a diverse new <laughs> voice. Trying to be just a white guy writing weeboo shit. Yeah. So yeah, so Jeff Loeb is somebody that's at the forefront of a lot of great and controversial moments in Marvel history. So Ultimatum is this five-issue mini that was supposed to shake up the universe, and it was hailed as, like, I wasn't reading comics at the time, but it was, like, a big deal. Shake up or or ended and, or, like, really reset it? I'm, well... I guess I got, reset is is a good way. It can be the same thing. It's, 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 uh, there's a lot of it's it's funny because it seems like the story can't tell its, make up its mind because it's, <laughs> it's, it's it seeds stuff for future stories and never went anywhere, and it's ending a lot of stories full stop here. It's it's, it's so this whole thing it to me reading it I kind of felt like the entire thing was pointless. It's not a good story. There's no like interesting characters. The conflict the main conflict with Magneto is kind of like dumb and nonsensical. Yeah. And it's all it really is serves to do is just kill characters. Yes. To me. Like yeah. reading it I'm like this is just like you're just lining characters up and being like which one's going to die and then you just shoot all of them. Yes. So this is one of the reasons why it became very difficult to continue the, the the universe after, because like almost all of the recognizable characters were gone. So some writers did do a lot with it. Like Jonathan Hickman told some really really interesting stories with Thor and with uh, Reed Richards, and like there is there is still some good stuff there, but the universe itself never recovers from 
just the sheer body count that this book yeah, I, racks up. The only relevant, sto- the only relevant story, like you know, currently, is Miles Morales com- later comes out of because uh, all the Spider Man is released to Miles Morales Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, and he basically disregarded the writer of all the Spider Man disregarded Ultimate entirely. He's, yes, so like nothing here ma- happens here matters to Spider Man. Yeah, and and I just want to point out that uh, Ultimatum, when it debuted, the first issue was the number one selling book of November 2008, with 114,230 books sold, but it lost uh, almost 30,000 of those readers by the end, which is still a shockingly high amount of hold on, I think, <laughs> yeah. for this book. Events always fucking sell. That's how yeah, that's true. That's why I make them. It's also yeah. crazy to me, like, I, I, I think there's a, there's a hard, like, it's a hard balance to strike where you want to allow characters to die and it not be like everyone has plot armor and you don't it doesn't always have to be like a big dramatic thing like I, I kind of I'm like I can appreciate characters dying unceremoniously as a concept yeah where it's like you don't no one has like a heroic sacrifice where it's like I'll get these orphans out and then you die and then you have yeah. like a big like splash page. like it's I like, appreciate there's yeah. a lot of people in here they're just like they're dead they're, like someone just rattles it off it's like they're dead or, they're dead yeah, they're or dead, just walks up dead. to them and, and kills them and it's like I, I can appreciate it conceptually but the way yeah. this book does yeah. it is so shitty some deaths make literally no sense we'll get into yeah there are a few deaths like for the most part a lot of the deaths actually do work for me in this book um as, as far I'm, as i'm shaking you know, my head i'm like no yeah that's fine whatever this. no but like as far as like if you want to do a high concept you know not high concept i guess like a high stakes you know anyone can go at any time story um mm-hmm. i think this does this very well but there are a few deaths in here where they, they just seem very mean and they just yes. feel like kind of pointless, um, which which we'll get yeah. to when we talk. We'll get to that. There's later. a lot of deaths that are off screen. Yeah. which... Uh, I'm fine with that though, to be honest. Like a story. Like, I'm if, not, if you're doing, I'm not if you're doing like, a universe like a this is you know a universal wide story, you know you're not gonna be able to have the death of Captain Britain and Juggernaut <laughs> and other characters who you no, know wouldn't spoilers. impact the story as much. <laughs> Juggernaut. It's it's funny. I had this exact same argument. I remember as weird as this is gonna sound as a comparison, but I remember having almost a. Ver- argument when the seventh harry potter book came out where mm. a lot of deaths are off screen and like it's kind of the same thing where it's going for this idea that like this is a war not everybody gets to have a big heroic finish yeah. mm-hmm. well these characters kind of showed up in the story a lot of characters yeah, that yeah, died yeah. never even sh- set foot on the page like if you yeah no i yeah. agree i'm just saying like conceptual i agree with phil that conceptually it's you know it's I understand what he's going for, whether it's handled well or not, we'll get into as we go through it. One other thing before we get into it, what do you guys feel about David Finch's art? It's beautiful. It's pretty good. It's beautiful. It is epic. It sells the story so well. Um, I reread this, I think, for the first time in a couple of years, um, and I just remember being like blown away by a lot of the, the splash pages, the detail that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We'll cover more as we go through the story, uh, but... If you're going to read this book, uh, for nothing else, just read it for the art, because the art is gorgeous. I'm a big fan of, of Finch's art in general. Uh, I do think his women can get a little... Uh... Cheesecakey. It's, it's very 90s. In general, I think, that, yeah, like, 90s is the best way to put it. Like, the guys yeah. are so unrealistically buff, and the girls are so hourglass, like, gigantic boobs. Like, yeah. it's oh, wow, like it's everyone really is... 90s. Yeah, it's like super... Yeah. Uh, accentuated like even people characters who are not like strong as their power are just gigantically buff yeah but i do overall think finch is finch is a great artist and i think that he is the parts in this book that really work for me are it's him carrying it for sure my uh, finch i love on like the big scenes Mm -hmm. there's one thing he like when he does for for some reason when he draws close-ups on eyes 
They look like yeah. bobble eyes. For His me. eyes get a little weird. Doom in particular kind of was giving me some anime vibes throughout all. Yes, this, exactly. Like his eyes are really big, big, and I'm yeah. like, I never felt like Doom's eyes were like the focal point of him. In in uh, the Lady Gaga uh, Bad Romance video, Lady Gaga puts on his contacts <laughs> to make her, her eyes huge. That's how very many David Fincher's characters are like. The eyes are huge for some reason. Sometimes it's like sometimes he gets it right, and then other times the. The ladies will have like big. And, and that's not me. Sh- I don't want to shit on Fisher too much. It's just always it's off-putting whenever he's uh, like. Doctor Doom, like, Doctor Doom is a good example because his eyes being bobble eyes, like wow, that's weird. That's weird yeah. looking. I do just want to point out, David Finch is the artist. David Fincher is the director. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what happens in this fucking story? Yeah, okay. tell us. Okay, so it opens with uh, zoom in on like the Baxter building, and you see Reed. He's got a wedding ring box behind his back, and he's he's like, I think you know how I feel about you. And she's like, Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Reed Richards. Uh, the one thing we've covered a lot of the Ultimates franchises and stuff, but the one thing about Fantastic Four is it's still the same kind of family that you know, but they're teenagers. Yeah. Even yes. Reed Richards and Sue Storm, which was weird for me. It's hard because it's like I love the Fantastic Four being like kind of like an adult family, like everyone's an adult. Like either you know Johnny's in his like twenties, but like Reed and Sue being in their thirties. So I'm like, I don't know how I feel about them being teenagers, but also they kind of don't matter in this story. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, yeah. they do because it like focuses on them a lot, but they also they do, but not as a team. Yeah, and they also yeah, just don't yeah. contribute that much to the plot. It's mainly about them like seeing the plot happen. Uh huh. And so like uh, Reed wants to propose, and then you see like Ben Grimm weightlifting with this machine, and then uh, Johnny's downstairs talking to his father. And his dad's like, you should be like your sister. And he's like, don't talk, compare me to my sister, dad. Fuck you. Yeah. Because yeah. Avengers, Iron Man is like a caricature the of Ultimates. Iron Man. He's yeah. like, Ultimates. Yeah, yeah Ultimates. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Iron Man says, I want a practical beer. Take a bath in the martini. Uh, he's like, you know what? I think Captain America, you need to loosen up. Have a drink. It's like a caricature of alcoholic. Tony what's what's kind of yeah. interesting, too, is like everyone, because Loeb introduces so many characters in this and really focuses on the X-Men rather than like the, like the Avengers team themselves, it's... You don't even get the feeling of Steve being that like conservative, like pro America yeah. hero. Every journalist. character gets like a pay, like a, a, a one panel to establish personalities. If you don't get it from yeah, like one panel, this is like the best panel in the book where Thor says, <laughs> "Better, verily, thy skills have improved tenfold, Valkyrie." And she goes, "You should see me in bed, Thor. Very verily." I'm like, uh-huh. right, cool, very good. <laughs> and and then you whoa, have... uh, that's so I'm reading the trade, and that's not the line in the trade. Did they change it? What's the line in the trade? It says, better, Valkyrie, your swordplay has improved tenfold. And she says, swordplay, foreplay, it's all good as long as I'm with you, Thor. Oh, I, guess, wow. I guess Jeff Loeb's like, I didn't think that line was clever enough. I gotta change I, it. I, I love the idea wow. that they had to go back and be like, no, this is what needs improving. This <laughs> that, that at least is a little more yeah. clever than uh, you very should see verily. me in bed, Thor, very verily. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's I, I like Jeff Loeb staying, staying up at night like, <laughs> I should have said that. God damn it. Change the trade. I mean, this is a pretty off-putting, like, second page. I was so, like... <laughs> so a lot of this first issue is just, like, introducing people panel by panel, where it's like, hey, anyway, uh, here's Ant-Man in the yellow jacket uniform now, because mm-hmm. I guess he just wanted a different suit. Here's the X-Men, here's the Ultimates, here's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man's riding a train, and is he dating Kitty Pride? Yes. Yes, okay. he was Yeah, point. I was going to ask Ryan, who is he dating at this point? Because he literally has, he has all three love interests, I think, on the train. No, he's not dating Kitty Pride. I believe he's just they're very good friends they're like they're she's like his one superhero friend it's been a really long time since i read the ultimate universe but i remember them being like really close and mary jane has like her hand on peter's arm 
to hear. I think they, I think they were dating at this point. I, I don't remember. Then why would Mary Jane yeah, have her hand remember. on Peter's arm? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, Mary I, Jane, I remember Gwen Stacy, and Kitty Pryde are all there with him. He's yeah. just like, and also some guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, if you're, if you're an Ultimate Spider-Man, you know what that is. It's Colin. Is Gwen Stacy also Carnage at this point? Y- yes. Oh, it's not Gwen Stacy. What? <laughs> he turns into Carnage. Continue. No, no, no. Continue. Let's 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 keep moving along. <laughs> all right. So just very quickly, Carnage killed Gwen Stacy in the old universe, and he like sucked her soul out. <laughs> And then when uh, <laughs> Carnage turned to Gwen Stacy later on, I'm like I'm so glad that we're ending this podcast with me going back to thinking comics are so dumb. Oh yeah, I'm so glad we're hitting all the high notes of this story. This oh, is what this yeah. we said. Uh, wait, by, wait, by wait, this point, wait, not to... wait. If no one listened to our previous episode, this is our final episode. <laughs> we should make that clear. Oh yeah, we should, FYI. Uh, but yes. yeah, this, this is kind of stuff we're talking about where Ultimate already got his own convoluted history by this point. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's why we need to kill everyone and reboot it. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, he, yeah. the X-Men are walking down the street and they walk... By X-Men, it's Beast, Dazzler, Night, uh, Nightcrawler, and Angel. My, my favorite yes. thing about this dialogue is that it has to establish who all these people are. Spoilers, it's going to kill them later. But it's like... <laughs> Um, dude acts like we're invisible. That'd be virtually impossible, Allison. I don't think you were supposed to take that. Her literally, Hank. What's that supposed to mean, Kurt? Come on, Warren. <laughs> yeah. It's just like that. At least it's not like that. This is not like. What's that supposed to be, Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, but it's like that. That awkward, like just putting in there the names just to be like these are the characters of the that are here. Yeah. This is really matter because first issue stuff. It's really yeah. matter because yeah. it's dead by literally like the next page. Yep. So then <laughs> lightning starts striking, and then you get a whole bunch of people looking around like, oh, what's happening? And then suddenly you get like this big page of just these waves rushing over into New York City and just mm-hmm. pretty much just killing everyone that's yeah, in the Yeah, like streets. it's like a gigantic is- tidal wave just like drowns Manhattan. Yeah, this yeah, is when yeah. I was talking about Finch's art. This is the stuff that I really liked. I think he does disaster pages incredibly well. Which is why he's perfect for this book. Yeah, he's very good with, like, detail. <laughs> like, like this is a beautiful double-page spread of Manhattan just getting wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. built for, like, event comics. Uh, yeah. 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 And and so it's like Reed takes Sue and starts you know makes his body a balloon to float off, and <laughs> it shows like the thing grappling with the whales and what the fuck is going on, and then literally it, that's not Johnny and his dad happening. are just like underwater. Wait the, wait hold on I'm sorry does it say like is it like a curse? No in, it's it's bleeped. It's it's the Growlix. Okay because in the trade it says what the heck is going on? Oh my god just love stop editing your stories. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. so funny. Wait so oh, this is the best. The trade count after? Yes. yes. The tra- the tra- yes. I love this idea that the problem was like in this story in which spoilers someone will be eaten um you have Very to gorily, you, you see blood change and swear to heck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. Anyway, uh, Johnny Johnny's dad is underwater, and spoilers, he's dead. And then you get, yeah. like, <laughs> the waves crashing against the buildings, and like like Joe said, you get, like, uh, Ant-Man coming out, and it's this beautiful page of him just shouting Jan. And he's yeah. like, I'm, he's like, so Gene, he's, you know, Psychops mode, he's doing yeah. Jan! Bruce, Jan, Bruce Banner <laughs> under the water turns into the Hulk, and then, why does he say, why is Big Clock thing watching Hulk? I don't know. Because Hulk's ever been to Times Square, except oh. he definitely has. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like, because there's like this weird totem thing. Yeah, that's not normally there in Manhattan. Right? That's what it looks like. It doesn't look like a regular building. I, I was like, this is a, obviously an alien monster or something. But yeah, no, I don't know no, what. Like, I don't know what that is. Maybe yeah, it's and it never comes up. Weird, like everything else is looking at too. Oh, that's randomly in the water. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I just assumed that was he was just looking off at Times Square and being an idiot. It could be something that leads into like a side issue, like if you're reading Ultimate Hulk or something, and then he has to like fight it the next issue. He didn't even have knows. a book. There was no ultimate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what happened. 
Um, oh my god! I, I believe this is Jeff... not the only time this will ha- like yeah, yeah. random will show up and then will never be addressed again. <laughs> yeah. I believe I believe Jeff Loeb was put in charge because he he started writing X Men and Avengers after Ultimatum. Basically, a- after Ultimatum, he took over Ultimate X. Well, he launched Ultimate X, which was like a combination. Of like the X Men, it was like a half X Men team and a Hulk book with like a couple Avengers characters on it, and but it was like so delayed. So I think he only wrote like a couple issues. Like five issues. Oh, and, and, yeah, yeah, it's like five issues, and it was super delayed. So like he never got to actually pay off anything of oh, this beautiful, these beautiful setups wasted. Yeah, yeah, he also wrote Ultimate Avengers as well, which is not. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Book. So. Yeah. I believe he got called. He got called to be a TV writer again, a TV producer again. Which is why he's... So basically, he just set up all this stuff and never went anywhere with it, probably. Yeah, yeah. So Kitty Pride takes Peter Parker that they're in the train. She teleports... She phases him through the ceiling of the subway car. And she's like, you need to go and be Spider-Man because people need help. And this is where I was like, are they together? Yeah, I wish I remembered. Sorry. I'm like 99% sure they were at this point. Yeah, they're a lot more coupley. Like, like Peter and Kitty is a kind of a crucial plot to this book or a, a big part of it and yeah. if they're not a couple this is reads kind of she, weird she says stop it, being yeah. all cute and go i'm like probably i mean like she's very forward if they're not together <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they're not together she's trying to be i just don't know how flirty <laughs> yeah. ultimate kitty is with other boys especially someone as yeah, attractive true. as spider-man <laughs> No, she's she's dating. I'm, so pretty sure, I'm like ninety nine percent sure she's dating. He, he swings I, I, I away, this, this being and dead. then we have like <laughs> just Angel underwater, and I'm like, so so uh, Angel the guy with hollow bones, you know, because yeah. he has to have wings, right? He's the best <laughs> swimmer out of all the X Men, apparently. He's the only also, one who survives yeah, fucking tidal. Like, yeah, Great. Yeah, so. Okay, go ahead. No, but he needs to live for his big moment later on in the story. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he saves his lady Allison, but she's actually been dead. I I figured that like, they're lovers too. So this is this is showing you like the toll, the cost of this title. Yeah wave attack and you get like captain america looks like he's drowning underwater and then iron man saves him which i'm like if the subways were able to not be flooded but like iron man's apartment i'm like that's uh, maybe he's living well, in a like for a what it's worth fleet. the subway that they're riding is like a brooklyn subway it's overhead. overhead yeah yeah but yeah. i think i thought iron man yeah. would be up it's, it's really like, high too Listen, Daryl, we've already talked about how there's, like, alien statues that don't mean anything. Okay. <laughs> Dad's going to try to create positions every character. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. That's so, my job, um, to be annoyed about that. But I've already, I've given up on, like, consistent <laughs> world building in these kind of books. <laughs> yeah. So, Reed takes Sue to uh, a roof, and we get our typical of every, like, Sue Storm scene where it's like, you need to use your psychic power, like, the, with the Jean Grey stuff, too. It's like, you need to use your yeah. power to hold back the waves from crushing the city. And then she does it. She's, like, putting up a big force field around what's left of the city, but I can't control it! And then she passes out from stress. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, yeah. Reed's like, we both know who did this. And she's like, you can't be sure. And he's like, it's definitely the Submariner. <laughs> yeah, it's Namor, which I love. <laughs> I also love uh, Ben goes and tells Reed that Johnny's probably dead. He, Ben's not giving a fuck that Johnny's dead whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, but Johnny's dead. Let's keep moving. Yeah, because he comes up here. It's like, hey, can you tell me what the hell is going on in 25 words or less? And then it's like, by the way, I think Johnny and uh, Sue's dad is, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's our, and, 
That's, he's no reaction whatsoever. Yeah, he never liked him anyways. I, I remember Giant Storm, Ultimate Giant Storm being a much bigger dick than even regular Giant Storm. Too, yeah, so I, I think fucking, so. Yeah, it's. I think it's a fair guess that this could be an underwater supervillain type of attack. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is it's still believable at this point. It gets comical later on. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So then yeah. Uh, Reed hops into his Fantastic Four like boat and then goes and finds the Submariner because he's like, "Hey, I I knew you would come for me because you saw this that, big yeah. wave." And for those I don't know if you ever talked Western Mariner on the show. Uh, he is Aqu- Marvel's Aquaman, basically. But, yeah. But like, kind of like dickish. He he flooded New York himself in the in the Marvel continuity at one point. In like nineteen forty. Like yeah. His first yeah. appearance, he floods Manhattan. Not his first appearance. It's like his second appearance. <laughs> so it is like, him in, in the Golden Age. Yeah. Yeah. It's like his fourth, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's in. I think it's in. Uh, I believe it... it's in Human Torch Five B because there's two okay. fives. Just you know. Uh, I can't wait to be done. Marvel Comics number one, right? That's when he does that. <laughs> uh, so he sees the Submariner and he's like, You did, you killed them all, my Sue. And Namor's like, I could care less what you think. I had nothing to do with the destruction of New York. And then Reed wraps himself around him and then like tasers him in the back of the head, being like, You think I didn't come unprepared? And then he's like, Wait, so if it wasn't you, then like who did it? Because Namor says he didn't do it because naturally he wouldn't want to kill Susan, the love of his life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Which is weird because Namor is old and Sue's a teenager. <laughs> it oh. makes more sense when she's an adult. Oh, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I didn't even think about well, that. Uh, to, uh, to be fair to, to, be fair to both universe, uh, do this Wolverine Jean Grey, too. Wolverine is like uh, 50, Jean oh, Grey is like yeah. 16. Yeah. So, yeah. pedophiles are bad. Also too. bad. So then we come. <laughs> to be fair, there's a bunch of pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to. The best man in the world, Doctor Doom in Latveria, and it, you get this big anime scene of his eyes. Uh, excuse like, me, a continuity error. At this point in the Ultimate Universe, Doctor Doom's supposed to have goat legs. Yeah. Way to go, Jeff Lowe. That's actually, I like that. That's cool. fuck you. <laughs> so Doctor, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying the best man in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, he fucking arms himself because he set up all the stuff in Ultimate Three to kill. Uh, Scarlet Witch, and now Olivarius fucked. Olivarius frozen over. And yeah, so he's like, "Where the devil is everyone?" And he says, "Doctor Mary Storm." I'm like, "Is she related to Sue Storm?" Does anyone know Joe? Yeah, Doom has their uh, mom. I'm like, Doom. yeah, <laughs> really? I, I wouldn't. I mean, it's Ultimate Fantastic Four. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I assume so. The only Ultimate Universe stuff I've actually really read was is like Ultimates um, and a few trades of like Ultimate X Men. Uh, an ultimate Spider-Man. I really have no affinity for the ultimate universe, which is why I think I probably find this story so fascinating. But I'm mm. going to assume that's probably, you know, Mary Storm is related okay. to the, is it, the Storm family. Yeah, yeah it's, well, very, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very logical. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah, it doesn't matter because he She's goes dead, outside yeah. and literally like Sly said, everyone's been frozen to death. Everyone's just dead here. Uh, just a fun fact. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, so I'm looking at the Marvel Wiki right now. And oh, apparently no. they tried to retcon it later when they were like, oh, the the Doom, because Loeb just forgot about the goat legs. They were like, oh, that actually, that the goat leg Doom was the real Doom. This Doom is Mary Storm in disguise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. <laughs> yep. So Mary Storm goes outside. Okay. All right. Mary Storm, and where she am sees I? Frozen. <laughs> Yeah, Mary Storm's like, Mary Storm, where are you? <laughs> Goes That's hilarious. Where are you, so Mary in the Storm? trade, does she does he say Mary Dr. Mary Storm? Uh yes. Alright. I was wondering so, if they just changed that to <laughs> Anyway. Uh, so people like it, it, people like froze like not like slowly. Yeah. Like it was an instant freeze. People are carrying plates and froze yeah. to death immediately. Yeah. yeah. 
and then uh, we cut to the X Mansion, and Xavier is on the ground, and he's like in pain. He feels like a thousand or a million souls cried out, and we're suddenly <laughs> silent. <laughs> whatever, silence. They, they say, he, he sends out to have communication to the whole entire world, like Fantastic Four Avengers, saying uh, basically because he, he and Magneto used to be buddies, and basically Magneto had like a, this plan, like he had a theoretical plan where he could uh, use his magnetic power to throw the Earth off its axis and basically fuck up the the, the Earth. And yeah. so Professor X is like, I never thought he'll do it, but now he's doing it. We have to all team up and kill Doc McNato, basically. And so, yeah. um, if you remember at the end of Ultimates 3, uh, Magneto's son was murdered, and so Wanda daughter. was and killed, daughter. Too. Yeah. Yeah. They were, yes. they were both killed. Wanda was killed by the DNA-seeking bullet, and then Quicksilver, I forgot how he died. Me too. I forgot that story. So, <laughs> I, I forgot that they died until then. The singer is oh, that Magneto's yeah. sitting up here and he's like, yes, bring everyone, Charles, so they can see for what they've done. They'll have to pay the ultimate price. And he's got Thor's hammer by his side, which I forgot about too. Oh, and yeah, he stole that. It's so crazy because he gets to wield it in this. I'm like, is he worth? I guess he's worthy in this universe. <laughs> yeah, he has magnetic powers. I don't know if the worthiness thing's even a thing. In the oh, yeah. But then, but then okay, it should whatever. just be like a normal hammer weight, not like killing, well, I guess, throwing that hammer. Um, you're, you're like picking like the, this makes sense in the lore of this universe like this is most but no but, but his weapon is a specific it's a pretty big part of Thor is that he has a hammer that only the worthy can wield and it's, it's, like, in, in story this bad I do not give a shit about these <laughs> okay, all right, all right. so Joe issue one still your favorite event comic ever um, I, I mean it's, it's, it's up there you know it, it's this it's heroes in crisis um, oh my you know God. there's it's just it, it's got a lot going for that, it. Those are that is the true heavyweight battle of event comics. <laughs> so we have episodes. We have issue two. Wait, I'm going to go on record. I genuinely find this book entertaining. It is entertaining. It but is. Not. Entertaining. It's never boring. It's never boring. It's, yeah. yeah, that's true. Every page there's a new thing. We can talk more about my what I think the merits of this book are at the end. But okay. I I read this and I I'm genuinely entertained. Hmm. But yes. did you guys ever during it want to continue reading? Like <laughs> no. I kind of did. <laughs> no, but I'm not supposed to. It's the end of the Ultimate Universe. It's pretty short. Like that's yeah. the thing is, so much shit happens in. Every yeah, I wasn't. It didn't issue. drag, but I, after each issue, I wasn't like, oh, I got kind of interested to see what happens next. Uh, At least with Heroes in Crisis, I was like, who, who, what? Who killed all these? I, I will say here's. I think Heroes in Crisis is better than this. It's, it's more admirable in his intentions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, guess. I disagree. <laughs> I don't know. That's for me. That's a real. Uh... <laughs> this is, this is just. This is just. I mean, different shit sandwiches. Yeah, but... the different the different flavors of shit sandwiches. Do you want to have like flipper. a attempt at a serious story that botches like every fucking attempt, or do you want to just complete like purposeful trash that just slams trash into your face? I don't know. I, I want dumpster fire that does what it's supposed to, which is destroy the ultimate universe. Yeah. This story does a great job of doing. it. Yes, does it does do a really good job of just killing this universe. It yeah. does what it's supposed to do. It's we're gonna wipe the state clean and so have weird. like a, bo- a a bombastic, ridiculous, like over the top, like crossover but story. There's so many loose ends by the end of this too. Yeah, anyway. and you, I don't think it does a good job of that. And also, even if you're ending universe, like a, a world ending story has the most opportunity to be good and like actually like high like high drama and character moments and this story fails in all those regards so so Gideon wolverine didn't do it for you later issue issue two starts with a uh, with a character moment of spider-man just expositing while someone he's saving from a crashed car buried on top of him is like spider-man you're quipping too much you should shut Not, up and no help they said please stop talking and help me in a low voice and he's like i'm working on it pal and he says why does all the scary stuff have to happen at night and 
half of New York has been destroyed. This is literally like a thousand nine <laughs> at once. It's like and yeah, Spider Man's quipping while helping this poor guy. I'm like, like Lobe, it, it what are you a, doing? It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Spider- it. It Multiple times in Spider Man, they say it's a coping mechanism. That's how yeah. he, ra- he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know how. Like people just do that kind of stuff when. Like people like, like nervous laughter when you, bad, you have to get to a point. Like if you, he was doing this at a funeral, you wouldn't be like, "Well, it's just a coping." It's like, "Wow, this is like really you're not supposed to be doing." This. I don't know. I'm always the one who has to quip at the funeral. <laughs> Classic spider. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 I would argue a lot of people do like joke at funerals just because mm-hmm. they find it easier than to just be solemn all the time. It's more that I find this guy complaining to be really silly. Yeah. Like, he's still helping. He's not like, let me finish my bits before I help yeah. you. Like, he's picking yeah, up yeah, the, the Yeah, the guy is a fucking goofball here. Yeah. Ed, Sp- <laughs> Ed Spider-Man's helping this guy out. He says, hey, you giant man person, uh, I have a little help here. And it shows, like, all the giant men. Because it's like, this is still the Ultimates universe, but these guys never mm-hmm. appear again. I think I just this. want a book of just <laughs> double splash pages of, like, disaster, like, porn with this you i feel like you want like prints from this more than anything more than yeah. you even want a story you're just like i just want to see this beautiful like art I, it's so good it's so pretty this page is so nice it's really good <laughs> yeah. but it refers to the giant man from the ultimates too where they sold off not, not sold off yeah. but like they see how auction not, i don't know what to say like they gave <laughs> giant man's powers to other people so they can do instead of him yeah and then the Hulk lifts up the car. He's like, Hulk, help Spider-Man. Spider-Man's like, oh, boy. This is the last time the Hulk <laughs> will help Spider-Man this issue. And then it, it cuts <laughs> yes, to Iron Man. It doesn't yeah. even make sense why he's helping him here, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it cuts to Iron Man bringing in Tony, uh, bringing Captain America to the hospital. And uh, we have this a nice pose. It's actually S.H.I.E.L.D. Bring it to S.H.I.E.L.D., which is relevant because Carol... So this actually, this introduction right, is yeah. what started garnering a lot of criticism because they were like, wow, this is a busty lady for like no reason. She yeah. is really busty. Oh, she, wow, okay. She's actually the one I noticed. I was like, wow, those are big. <laughs> those are big knockers right there. <laughs> I mean, like, like this is like gigantic. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cheesecake. Yes. So Captain Marvel's here, <laughs> although she's not Captain Marvel. She's just a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent here. Yeah, because yeah. Carol, Carol Danvers is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. now because they left Nick Fury in an alternate universe thanks to Jeff Loeb also. <laughs> this, this was before even in the modern um, Marvel. This is like when she was still Miss Marvel in the modern... Yeah. When she, like before Captain Marvel was even a concept. Uh, uh, Miss for yeah. Carol, yeah. For Carol, yeah. And then it, they're trying to resuscitate Captain America and Iron Man's watching and he's like, I hate hospitals. And then Carol tries to like help him. It's like, I know you'll be going after Magneto. Let us help. Communications, ground support, whatever. It wouldn't have to be like this if it was under Nick Fury. And then Iron Man goes, Carol? And she goes, hmm? Shut up. I'm like, that is like the picture perfect for, like panel of the Ultimates universe where rather than being like, you know, like an adult being like, I, I don't want to like hear this right now. It's just Iron Man's just like, shut up. And you're like, yeah, look at this Iron Man. He's like, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, it's Jeff Slope's writing. Um, it is supposed to be he's like traumatized a bit, I think. Like he's like he doesn't want to hear Carol's shit right now. I mean, her shit is like we want to help. I you. I, I, I agree. I agree with you, but I, I think the point is it's not like wow he's so. Cool. I think the point is to be like wow Iron Man's really on. The I know right it's now. just it's one of the things that I was thinking about when I was reading that panel that I was just like there's nothing I care about in this universe. There's no character yeah. I want to see better. It's like everyone's just kind of like a mean asshole to each other. It's like I I, I mean Spider Man might not be. I don't have enough time to get to know him, but everyone else is just like mean and out for revenge. And this book especially since it's like disaster and then revenge for disaster is well, all... I, want, I do want, I do want to point out Ultimates uh, U- U- Ultimates is not the Ultimate Universe there's a reason why Ultimates was like a mini series because no one would want to sit through a whole series with all those characters <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, don't let the Ultimates were purposely assholes on purpose uh, 
Don't judge the yeah. X-Men and Fantastic Four based on the Ultimates. Yeah, and like Ultimate Spider-Man is, is, ha- yes. is like, in my opinion, one of the greatest comic books ever written. Yes. But anyway, so we actually do see next something close to a character moment. Oh, yeah. Where th- there's Hank is now, super, you know, he's super giant man, and... Hawkeye is trying to get his attention and he just keeps yelling like Jan Jan and Hawkeye like Jan yeah <laughs> grapples up and H- Hank grabs him and he's like I should squish you like a bug <laughs> but Hawkeye's like listen I know what it's like to lose because in Ultimates 2 remember his family was killed and he was like I know what it's like to lose the woman you love and nobody needs that kind of pain nobody so even though we don't get along let me help you I have enhanced eyesight like I'm Hawkeye I can help you find her because she was shrunk down when everything uh, you know, flooded, mm. so they're having a hard time finding her, and it's just like it's like they're actually talking to each other, kind of like people, except for kind the part of. where Hank says, "I'm gonna squish you like a yeah, yeah. Also, God, Hank, look at how buff he is. Look at those arms. I'm <laughs> he's like a scientist, nineties baby. He's, he's no, it's like more than Arnold Schwarzenegger's arms. Look at all yeah. the look at all the sinewy tendons in his forearm too. Oh my God, he's so buff. <laughs> so then we also have Ben with Sue in the hospital, and Sue's in a bed. She's in a, like a coma. This scene is like bleeds to nothing. All it is is, is Sue's powers keep going Sue off. Sue doesn't do anything here. It's kind of like all about like read. Like Ben's just here to be like, oh, what the heck is going on? Like we lost Johnny and I can't. No, but also Sue, also Sue's powers are going off even when she's unconscious. Yes, uh, she starts that's like yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the what the scene is. Yeah, yeah, which again leads to nothing because she's not part of this story. Yeah, and then. Uh, Reed Richards is driving uh, Namor's tape to his I boat. Love tape to his boat with his arms. Yeah, I love I'm like, scene. that yeah. He's like, hurt. I don't care if Charles Xavier said Smegneo's fault. I know you are part of Smith Namor. I'm going to put you in jail. <laughs> I, I love Reed Richards' like post-traumatic express. It, he's just having this massive like PTSD breakdown where he's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not Magneto. It's you, Namor. You did this. You have to have done this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's just, he's so just going crazy is, and losing uh, his mind. As an aside, uh, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the entire Ultimate Universe. Not necessarily this page, but what <laughs> gets spun out of this because after this book reads ptsd gets so bad that he actually becomes a villain for the rest of the ultimate universe which i find like fascinating and one of my absolute favorite things is like in this universe is this like reed richards gone bad because he just like couldn't he couldn't help his family and he failed where like the reed richards from the main universe always succeeds and i think that like that is the one good thing to come out of ultimatum and there was the ultimatum it was it was ultimate enemy really that that yeah, 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 but like it was, you know, like Bendis picks up these threads. Yeah, because he's obviously like, like, like it's Joe like saying. it's foreshadowed here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that also led to the idea that uh, every Reed Richards besides the the mainstream Reed Richards is basically a super uh, a sociopathic supervillain. Uh, basically, yeah. basically just because Reed got his, uh, the Fantastic Four as a family, he managed to avoid the fate that every other Reed Richards had in, in every other dimension, pretty much. Yeah, and having so like when a, a writer was exploring that in Fantastic Four, simultaneously having another universe's Reed Richards be a villain is like pretty powerful I think about like the effect that his family has on him but anyway then we meet Power Princess <laughs> so yeah so, so Dr. Doom's ship shows up and the tractor beams up Reed Richards his uh, boat and he's saying what'd you do to my ship Neymar what did you do <laughs> oh, I love that it's so funny yeah. It, what is this? Some Atlantean battleship? <laughs> and then Doom- and Doom's like, and Doom's like, I can't believe people say you're as smart as me. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then Doom's like, it's a Magneto. He offset the magnetic poles, creating this ecological nightmare. So that's how all this is happening. Yeah. I don't 
know if that's if that would that's, happen. Especially like people freezing instantly is. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> the Latveria stuff is actually the craziest of it all because, they, like, they had the like frost. It wasn't that they were just like froze to death, cold. Like they they became encased in ice. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. were flash frozen. Yeah, like, and not, were, and not and not the rest of the like land really. It was still cold there, but like the buildings were like fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Whatever. In the immortal words of the insane clown posse, fucking magnets, how do they work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. the tidal wave shit makes perfect sense. Like, that would happen, but I don't so, know. So, Doom's like, hey, whatever. we got power princess here, and what we need to do is... Princess power, okay? No, power princess. It says the squadron's princess, princess power in this. Oh, well, in the trade, they fixed it, because it's <laughs> supposed to be power princess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, love. Anyway, he says, like, what we need to do is we need to rescue Nick Fury from another universe. I'm like... What is Nick Fury going to do? Like, does he still have connections? Does he still have plans? Like, how does, he has guns. He's a dude with connections. That's his thing. If he's been away for a while, it's like, what connections does he have? But whatever. Well, well, as we'll see, his secrets change the course of the story. So, <laughs> so everyone just made Nick Fury, motherfucker. But what's funny is if they knew that that's what he had, then they would also know those secrets. Yes. And then they wouldn't need him. They might not know what he has, but it, I guess it's like the Batman thing where you assume he has weaknesses of everybody. So, it's like. So yeah, but, but yeah. They, they need Nick Fury back, so let's go get him. Is, yep. is what it amounts yeah. to. This is what happens because Nick Fury was not in the Ultimate Universe at this point, so like, let's bring him back. So he brought him back. Well, maybe if Jeff Loeb wanted that, maybe Jeff Loeb shouldn't have been the one to leave him in the alternate universe. Oh, he was? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. The weirdest thing to me is you have the two of the smartest people in the world, and they're like, we need someone else to solve a magnetic field like error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the? F- Why don't they make like, an invention? Like, that's what yeah, they get together. And they're like, we need, we need Nick Fury. <laughs> that is really. Weird. Anyway, you have point. Thor flying on Pegasus, being like, we need to find Valkyrie. I need to find my love. And then he finds her on the ground, like near a destroyed uh, Statue of Liberty, and she's dead. And he's like, no, this yeah. is wrong. Things must change. And so he teleports down to the land of the dead to see Hela. Go goes to Valhalla. Yeah. And yeah. she's uh, she's wearing a thong, and she's got like she this weird BDSM <laughs> stuff on t- as well. It's just like so come this, on. This, I like uh, you know if you're in hell, you would have a BDSM outfit. <laughs> and that's what you think. Like like it's assumed like uh, demons are sexy as fuck. That's that's assumption, isn't it? I I think it's a fair assumption. <laughs> I know, but, like it's just so fucking weird. That's, that's that ties into like the, the Christian like anti-sex stuff. I yes, feel it, like. does. Yeah, it, it, does. <laughs> it does. So Thor's here, and he's like, I want. I'm not leaving here without Valkyrie, and she's like, okay then fight this trash mob of just like zombie men soldiers uh, it looks pretty sick though. It, it, trash mob is basically like, this is pretty much store and like a beat-em-up level in like an arcade game that, just, i felt like you know, this was like the fetch quest like this the filler mission you have to do before it's like okay and then valkyrie comes back and then you go on the main quest yeah exactly yes yeah. so this is a pretty game can you guys hold on i think i might be slow again <laughs> yes, oh I you are <laughs> okay <laughs> Hella tells him, defeat my army of fallen warriors and you'll be rewarded for a price. And so as Thor is fighting all these guys down, I will not leave without my lover. You see a American shield, like, cut off a skeleton's arm. And it's Captain America. He's like, I don't know how I got here, but we'll figure it out when this is over. Yeah, so Captain America is still in the real world. He's on his deathbed, but now he's furious fighting in Valhalla. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then... Cool. It, it's a neat scene. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah, I like this. Now, no, you mean, you're, you guys are talking about the scene that's about to happen, right? The best scene in the whole book? Oh, and then right. Ant-Man is carrying uh, Hawkeye, and he's like, wait, I see something. And Hawkeye explains, it's like, you need me because I have, like, enhanced sight. Yeah. And, and so he drops him down, and as Hawkeye's running forward, he runs into the blob, 
who is eating <laughs> Hank Pym. E- eating, eating Janet. Yeah, he's eating the wasp. And he's saying, as he's eating her, tastes like chicken. And the, and when we say eating her, it's not like eating her whole. Like, he's biting he, he her, her stomach. He pretty much ripped open her stomach saying he's eating her guts. It shows her yeah. guts. It's not like silhouetted. It's not like, you know, you see obscured. It's, it's like terrible. It's, a, it's, it's really framed gross. front and center to let you know. It's like, she is dead and she is getting eaten. Yep. And I want to say the one thing about Ultimate Blob... Previously in Ultimate X-Men, he was not exactly this kind of super edgy character where his main role during Mark Millar's Ultimate X-Men was catfishing Beast to think that he had an online girlfriend, but it wow, was really the blob, which is, which is pretty funny. I mean, this but is, that's, a... that's kind of worse than this. So. <laughs> I, don't I thought you were telling Ultimate Blob was vegan for a second, and I'm like, oh no. This... <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, so this is, this sucks and is gross. Yep. Okay. Yeah, when, when I got here, I was like, oh, because I remember you guys saying, like, because she flies into a, the blob's mouth in Ultimate Zone. You guys made some joke about, like, he actually eats her later or something <laughs> oh, like that. Geez. I and, didn't remember that at all. I was like, this was another comic that I had no idea when reading this, what you guys, if it's supposed to be good or bad or whatever. <laughs> so reading this, I was like, let's see what this is about. And then when I saw this, I'm like, okay. I he, 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 he actually asked me, like, he set me aside, like, the other day and said, Sly, please don't tell me Joe likes this. <laughs> I was afraid. I was afraid that I was going to come on and everyone's going to be like, this is a great book. <laughs> yeah. It's always the gamble you take when you're like, I don't like this thing. Come on. And it's like, this is my favorite story that's ever been written in humanity. And you're like, oh, no. So, <laughs> so Joe, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, so I know, like, I we a lot of us really like Finch's art, but you're, I think, the biggest fan of all of us. Do you think this – what do you think about the way he draws this, like, super gross stuff gore uh like like this 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 particular gore or the gore he does in general i guess this particular but you know if you want to talk about in general i think that's fine because to me this is it's i i like the hyper realism that he has in a lot of stuff not not with the muscles and stuff but like i like his people seem like like movie star versions of people but like this to me is it's a detachment where it feels monster too far yeah it feels yeah. a step too far where it doesn't it it feels out of place I, to the, I, 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 I would argue i think this is a i think really it's supposed well, to this is a really yeah i i mean i think it, i think he should look yes i i say like like yeah. yeah this should be this should be horrific yes. this scene i think is drawn as best as it probably could be it's okay. just that it's out of place in what like i guess it's not out of place it's also c- of, combined with like the taste like chicken it, it's not if the scene is bad to me it's if should the scene exist yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, you could do it another okay. way, too. And again, for me, it's like the taste like chicken is just this weird, like, tonal. Like, it's the black humor that the series really hasn't, like, shown before. Yeah. Look, it's nothing personal. Yeah, that's what Bob says to that's what Bob says. That's what Bob says to Hank, and Hank eats his head off. Spoilers. Yeah. Wait, spoilers. spoilers! Oh, I'm sorry. We have to see this other scene between Magneto and Professor X. Yeah, first. so Magneto shows up to Professor X, Good and then you get their classic thing. It's like Professor X doesn't call. He doesn't call him um, Eric. Eric. Yeah, he just calls him Magneto. And he's like, "So we've come to that. No longer referring to me by my name." And he's like, "What can I say? It's like you, you're basically a monster. You've been like killing everyone." You've murdered like thousands, and that I will hunt you down. I will lead the charge, no matter how good you are, or no matter what good you think you're doing. You're only be remembered as a madman, like Pol Pot, Bin Laden, and Hitler. Yeah, he compares yeah. before this. Uh, Major compared himself to a god, saying, "I will cleanse the earth." God, cleanse he the says earth. this a lot. Like yeah. he's like God didn't yeah. like what he created. He washed it all away in forty days and forty nights. So I'm gonna do it in three. And then yeah. Charles is like, "You're not God, though." You're you're you're, 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 you're more like him. Yeah, and yeah. then Magneto gets pissed off and snaps his neck, which I found really weird because like like that's a very hard thing to do in real life. 
Like, in fact, you have so many ways to kill Professor X. It's such a weird way to it's have perso- It's a personal way to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. personal. I'm like, but, like, I'm like, does McNeil know how to snap next? Like, that's a really hard skill to the, have. The thing, the thing, Slice, I feel like in all fiction, it's like almost yeah. anyone can knock someone out and almost anyone can snap a neck. It's this weird yes. thing that yeah. you just, ex- like, it's, it is real hard to do. But yeah. for some reason, yeah. it's like you just accept in fiction. You're like, okay, I guess you s- snapping next is easy. And especially because yeah, it's Magneto yeah. who could kill him in any conceivable way possible. You can have his wheelchair crush him or something, but no, it's... Well, Mr. Out. Sinister, in, in Ultimate X-Men, Mr. Sinister had already picked up Charles Xavier and thrown him down the stairs. Yeah. So they had to change it up. And he also does say, Magneto says, uh, every time I failed in the past, you had a hand in it, and like I had to, I have to kill you, because every time I do anything, you're just there fucking up my plans. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is true. Yep. Yeah. No, it, it's a good scene in that, in that it, you know, it's, okay, there's it's the as if there was no turning back before. There's really no turning yeah. back now. Yeah, because now Professor X is. It's, it's a it's a logical yeah. end to the Magneto Professor X relationship in all honesty. Or you turn him into yeah. onslaught, yeah. which is uh, fun. <laughs> so then you get issue three, and on the cover it has the Blob holding a chicken in his right arm, like a, a drumstick. And I'm like, that's just come on, that's tasteless. Oh, <laughs> and so oh come on, that that's clearly not Janet's like you know thigh. No, I know, thigh. but it's the taste like chicken. Well, he's like whatever. And so we open. We, oh, I don't man. even. I don't know why. So it starts and it shows the, <laughs> it shows the Scarlet Witch, and she's like Dazzler Beast, Nightcrawler, Drown. She's basically saying everyone that's dead. It's like Emma Frost, Sunspot, Cannonball, Polaris. Yeah, we killed Emma Frost. We killed Sunspot. We killed Polaris. Basically, X Men had like the core, like five members or so, and then she was more and more members over time. They basically announced all the X Men stuff. Like, like, like six people are dead. All, all the X Men characters are dead. Yeah, and and this is where also she lists a lot of characters off screen. Yeah. You know, like, all this other school is all dead. I, all these other characters are all dead. I love that there's a body toll. At the end of this, it shows you, like, it get, lists everyone that died in this, which is where I saw Captain Britain. I'm like, wow, they killed him off screen. <laughs> and then uh, there's only, like, three unconfirmed, like, they don't know what happened. Are they alive or dead? And one of them's Havoc. I'm like, is he important enough to be like, who knows if Havoc's alive or dead? Yeah, Havoc, ha- the thing about Havoc is um, a lot of times when Cyclops is not around, uh, they because uh, Havoc uh, is, is one of these things has always been in the shadow of Cyclops so when Cyclops is not around Havoc gets oh. pushed up a lot and spoilers Cyclops will not be around after this story so <laughs> I think Jeff Love is setting up something there is Havoc is his name Alex? yes 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 cool Okay. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take away something from so this so <laughs> Scarlet Witch is saying this and she's saying it to Magneto and she's like did you do this all in my name daddy and she's like and, and she's super sexy sexual. outfit like yeah, bending like, over she him. just thong on again another thong on yeah this is really poor taste by Mystique I don't know why she did this <laughs> yeah this is it's very weird like if, if, if this was my like you know, second in command to kill the world, and she was like pretending to be my dead daughter and like rubbing all over me. And I would se- be like, "What yeah, the I'm fuck like, is wrong the fact with is, you? I'm like, this is the problem with like Hero Season Three. Uh, it feels like it's there just for the shock of Scarlet oh, Witch is alive. What? Yes, and then that's exactly uh, what it makes no sense character wise. Why, why are we doing this? Yeah. What I think is great about this scene is that they, you hear the news telling about all these terrible things happening around the world, <laughs> and it seems to be like most of the destruction is actually done by an army of suicide bombing <laughs> Jamie Madroxes. Men. Yeah, which... so multiple man, multiple man has been captured by Magneto, and he's just forcing him to make lots and lots of dupes and strapping bombs to them and throwing. This them. is, I think, a great idea if you're a supervillain. <laughs> like, like it's it's actually like ingenious. Like you have infinite amount of suicide bombers. Suicide bombers can do like disproportionate amounts of damage, and if yeah, they're not yeah. actual like things people you're they're just like kind of like walking bombs then that's a crazy amount of explosives that he's making though because they're yeah, all over yeah. the I, and world and i was wondering like how how can how, he's how, a floating how, asteroid he's got the resources how can magneto hold multiple man like 
don't know. That seems like how does he have this much control? He also has Thor's hammer in his hand, right? This he's talking about, like whatever. (laughs) So so Magneto gets mad that Scarlet Witch is looking there, or Mystique's dressed up as Scarlet Witch, and he's like dressed up. (laughs) Changes, yeah. (laughs) And do you see he's holding the hammer? He's not even like he actually can wield the hammer. Yeah, he's yeah. worthy. And so he says, "It's like they branded me as a terrorist, a madman, but I'm quite certain that I will like I'm everything but mad. I'm going to change everything." And he says, "I have plans for you, Mystique. Specifically, you do not disappoint me." And spoilers, he doesn't have plans for no, her. He doesn't. No, no, <laughs> I was because I was trying to figure out. It's like, okay, why are you keeping this girl that's shape shifting into your dead daughter? And it's like when you're like killing the whole world, it's like why not kill someone that would piss you off like that? So I'm like, this has to be impor- important. But then behind him, a multiple man. He's like, you've killed mutants, Magneto. You've turned on your own people. And he's holding, he has a suicide vest on. And then Magneto's like, you're not even Madrox Prime. And he throws a hammer at him. Uh, okay. I, I don't have to point this out because this adds to nothing to the story. This, I guess it's to show Madrox is upset he's being forced That to he's killing fun. mutants, I guess. And so Magneto's like, those... but wait. So my question with this though was then, are all the suicide bombers sentient? Like, are they all? Because yeah. I thought his yeah. powers. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's so. That's why it's so stupid. That's why so fucking did... stupid, Dad. Because like they're all. Did he convince them all? Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. I assume so. This is. I don't feel. I don't know why I feel the need to explain this. But the way I always read it is that he's because they mentioned that he's torturing him at some point, and I think that there he's just like go do this or I kill the prime, Jamie. But wouldn't they want to live? themselves but that, but if he dies i think they die but they die anyway so why like yeah it's true yeah okay i take back my whole like out of character stuff that's like a big problem for multiple man like he has trouble controlling his clones because they always yeah. want to do what they want to do because in the scene where they show the scene of them all running with a suicide vest i'm like these guys must be mind controlled obviously like if you look at the the bottom left panel in that that splash no, page just, yeah. no, they look like they're mind controlled but i guess they're not so then my whole point no, about this being so a good idea is not a good yes, idea never mind Anyway, Magneto's anyway. like, I get to choose who lives and dies. Those that remain will oh, be God, grateful. Yeah. They'll yeah. find themselves on heaven on earth as he brings the hammer back to his hands. And then you have, like Joe was alluding to, uh, Ant-Man picks up the blob, or Hank Pym picks up the blob, and says, what did she ever do to you? She was perfect. And he's like, hey, pal, it was nothing personal. And then he bites off his head and spits it out and says, it was only personal. Yeah, so Hank eats... Bob's he picks off. up Janet. You get another scene of just like her rib cage busted open with her guts, and he's like, "It's okay, yeah. Jan. It's going to be fine." And then and Hawkeye's like, "She's not okay. Yeah. She's dead." And he's like, "Shut up! I'm gonna save her. I'm gonna be." And a I, hero. I do like we've been with Hank Pym for a long time, and we've known his struggles with Janet, and that this is kind of the only thing that's been like grounding him to any kind of reality because yeah. he is very unhinged. And after losing her, like he's pretty much just lost himself. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the book, is Hank just being like, I could save you. I could put you in a robot. Yep. Th- th- that seems like another... Classic Hank. Like another... <laughs> it is. He did that in the main universe. That's what Jocasta yep. is. <laughs> he says Jocasta. I think that was a tease yeah. for something that never happened. He does. Uh, yeah. The, the, the Jocasta project yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. that's why they... Because they just mentioned some the, the Jocasta project later on. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. why would you do that? I thought it was... <laughs> Because Jocasta's Oedipus' mom, I thought it was just uh, Jeff Loeb being weird and incestuous again. No. <laughs> just like he created Ultron in uh, uh, this universe vision, he also created Jocasta. Okay. Yeah, in the main universe, he creates Jocasta, and she she's like an android, and just like Vision had Wonder Man, uh, the like personality of Wonder Man. Yeah, it, she has the she has like the mental imprints of Janet. Of Jan. Yeah. Okay. So then, in the sewers, uh, Wolverine's we get a splash page of just him stumbling upon a dead Nightcrawler. 
this page is weird because it's it's just the X Men finding out the other X Men are dead and they're like shit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird yeah. too because you've already like covered. It's like these are all the people that are dead, and then it's like you have to show all these people just like up oh, and look, they're they're still dead, and then it's like Angel's like, oh my god, Beast is dead and Allison's dead. The, the, only, the only the only like important thing is that Angel's an idiot. He's just like, I'm gonna go fight Magneto by myself. X Men like, oh, or you're fucking stupid. You you can fly, motherfucker. What are you gonna do against Magneto? Angel's like, I can take on the entire empire by myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jean Grey gets a shock of Charles Xavier being dead. Like his, yeah. she, she tries, tries to, to contact reach him. him. Yeah. This is He's this dead. is the most fucking pointless page. It's just them figure out what the reader already knows. Goddamn. Yes. Yeah. But to answer what one of your statements, Daryl, when you said like you know the thing like finding Nightcrawler and stuff, like it seems like why you know we already know this. Why do we have to see it? It is some of Finch's best pages. Yeah. So like I think to to go with Joe's point, like. I think maybe just part of it is just like, even though it's like, we don't, it doesn't necessarily serve a lot of plot purpose at all. And it seems like cruel. It's still like, I don't know. That's a full page. I feel like maybe Finch just wanted to draw a full page of finding Nightcrawler in the sewer or (laughs) whatever. I think the X-Men also need to know the the X-Men need to a be away from the mansion. Um, so Magneto can get in there, uh, seemingly with no one protecting Charles. Mm. And I feel like you, you would search for your friends in the face of a disaster. I, really? I agree. I agree with that. I, but, but the problem is there's nothing else being relayed here. No, no, like, no, nothing, it feels like there's nothing new being relayed. You could also, like, like, Wolverine comes in later carrying uh, Nightcrawler's dead body to show them he's dead. And you could just show that. You don't need, yeah. like, the full page of him being like, he's dead, which we already know. And then him bringing the dead body there being like, he's dead. And you're like, I already know. Yeah, it's not using the pages. This to is, to, to, yeah. It's not using the pages to a full effect. Like, it's just... That, that whole splash page could be cut and doesn't make, make much of a difference. That's fine. No, that, that's cool. That's so we go back to Valhalla with Captain America and Thor fighting, and now the zombies have blood. <laughs> and then <laughs> they they kill them all, and uh, Hela's like, okay, you've defeated my army and thus proving yourself worthy, but there's a price. If you take someone, someone else has to stay. And Captain America's like, you know what? Stay. That's probably why I'm here. And Thor's like, no, I cannot ask you of this. I came here to say. Captain America life. says he wants to stay. And Thor's like, because he's like, he tells Thor, like, it doesn't make sense. You came down here to, to save uh, Valkyrie. It doesn't make sense that. Uh, you, uh, that uh, for her to go back, go- and you're not yeah. with her. Yeah, but that's exactly what's gonna happen. It's such a <laughs> this whole plot was so boring because when Hela's like, there's a price. I'm like, it, it can't be just the typical underworld price of someone a life for a life. It is but it's so like, predictable. It's, it, it is. It's like it's so okay, great. Yep. And so then we have Iron Man's. Uh, <laughs> it's also weird because I, I might just think of like two meta gaming where I'm like, Thor's life is a lot more valuable than Valkyrie, but that's not my decision to make. Yeah, I thought so too. I'm like, no, no, you, you send the gods. Especially, back. especially yeah. when Thor knows the world's being destroyed and stuff. It's like he would be a little bit more valuable than Captain America or Valkyrie. But again, uh, can I tell you guys something really, really stupid about what happens after this Valkyrie thing? He comes back so- to life. I bet. Uh, no, not only just that. So Jeff Loeb <laughs> takes over writing the, the the Ultimate Avengers book or oh, whatever. With they call Hella, it. right? This is this is this is another life for a life situation. Yeah, and wink, immediately wink, nudge, nudge. In, in his third issue, Valkyrie dies and lets <laughs> Thor come back. Why did you do this? What's the so point? So it's like they, it's they three... switch places where she's like, "I'll yeah. die," and he comes back. I guess yeah. I guess she thought yeah. Thor was too broken to to be up in this story to fight Magneto, even though it really doesn't matter how strong they are at the end. Like things just kind of happen at the yeah. final <laughs> Things just so, Thor and Valkyrie are just like, "But what if I'm dead and you're alive?" Yeah, that's what happens. She gets pissed that he did it. She's like, "You know what? Fine, I'll do the same thing." <laughs> I, I bet it's for like shock value during the event, and then after it's like, "Okay, we can't not have Thor." <laughs> 
Yeah, it's really and so cool. Iron Man's trying to like he's with Shield and they're trying to fight all the, these multiple men. I'm just like, this is just a crazy amount. Like everyone across the world is fighting armies of this dude. I'm like, how quickly can he just make copies of? He himself? must have been making. He must have been like storing armies of. Multiple. Well, well, how long has he been farming? Multiple <laughs> yeah, and also how how like, how do they travel this fast? And stuff? Do they have to eat and shit and stuff? <laughs> yeah, they're people. Yeah, they are. They're fucking human beings. I mean, so Hawkeye's like shooting them too, and then Hank Pym shows up and Iron. It's like, what happened? He's like, get her inside. There's an encrypted file mark, the Jocasa Project, and I'll take care of the rest of it. I, I didn't it, get this at fucking all. So Hank Pym is like doing this noble sacrifice thing. He's like, oh, all you multiple men, get on top of me. Why would the multiple <laughs> men jump on top of him? I love this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think this is why Phil's inference that they're being mind controlled is a very fair That's one. what I thought, yeah. right? It's like they, they don't look like they're humans. Here. Yeah, they're really dronish in more ways than they should they're be. They're like. Pikmin being thrown onto <laughs> Hank Pym. Wait, even if they're mind controlled, why would like why would they wait until ha- they're all on Hank Pym and wait till he's in the ocean to do the least amount of damage possible? Why would they play into his strategy completely? My favorite thing about the it explosion no too sense. is that it's not like multiple explosions; it's like one big explosion. Uh, yes, his yes, it makes no sense. Yeah. Like, if, if he was being blown up continually and trying to pick up as many as possible before he got to the ocean, yeah, it would be very sad. Wait, no, I know. It's because he says, bring it. So they have to. Yeah. He, he's, doing a, he's doing a taunt check, and uh, they, they, they failed their yeah. saving throw, and now they have to do it. Taunt against the entire army, and they all jump on him. So, so it is It is sad, though, as he's like walking away. He's like, get away from me, Tony. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. This isn't one of them. Tell Jan I'm sorry, and I love. And then he blows up. I'm like, that is sad. It's just like... Again, like, nothing around it makes sense. And the fact that when you look at all the multiple men on him, I'm like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has guns. They could have taken that many yes. guys left. Like, Hank didn't need to pull these yes. guys. Like, if anything, like, if he threw himself over the Triskelion and then they blew up, tried to blow it up, I'm like, that makes a little bit more sense than just, like, him yeah. being like, I'm gonna be like Godzilla, walk into the ocean and explode. Yeah, but, but I, I think Hank's looking for a way out, though, at this point. It, it makes, it makes like, character-wise, it makes sense for Hank to do this. It's just that everything yeah. around this, why, why S.H.I.E.L.D. can't shoot them by themselves, why Hank has to make the sacrifice, nothing about this makes sense. And even, you could make this sacrifice scene, like you said, if they're just, like, storming the building, yeah. and he just, like, gets in the way, like, you could do this exact thing with, <laughs> with it making more sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want know to love though? He makes Hank go in the ocean so that it's less dangerous when they explode, mm-hmm. which is also great. Because like, why? Like, it comes back to your point. Like, why? Why would they explode in the middle yes. of the ocean? Yeah, why, why would they be like, yeah. wait for it, <laughs> wait for it? it? It's like they're us, and they count down to five, and like, all right, we're all doing it at five, yeah. right? And they all start the countdown just a little bit too yeah. early. Five, four, three, two, one. So. Then we have Valkyrie over at Liberty Island, and she wakes up, and she's like, "What? What happened?" And Tony comes up and tells her, "It's like you're back here." No, she knows that Thor sacrificed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. So she she says, "Tells him yeah. that Captain America's alive, Thor's dead." Then yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna kill Magneto for it." I'm like, "These are a lot of people that want to get revenge on Magneto, which is kind of neat. It sets up like the who's gonna be able to get to kill him." But I'm also like, a lot of these people just don't have power, so I'm like. Obviously, you're not going to be. Val- Valkyrie does kind oh, of. Oh yeah, she's power. got a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I don't. She you never explain that ever, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. And so Captain America wakes up and he's like, "Oh no, th- th- not Thor." <laughs> then Hawkeye informs him it's like the woman, you know, Hank Pym's dead, and the woman you both loved is dead. And then Captain America's like, "Okay, no time to weep over this girl I've been pining for for like three series now. I'm just going to be like." Everyone, we're gonna find every available hero, hero, and it's time to save the world. It's just an excuse to have a splash page where it's oh yeah, the four of them just looking badass. Uh, Captain America's got quite the bulge on this page, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about his muscles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so issue four. <laughs>
We were just pointing out that Daredevil's on this cover and never makes an appearance, but is dead. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what's weird? The trade doesn't have any covers in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's okay. Well, I was laughing because it opens with this is such a roller coaster of none of this matters, but it's just like reading this page by page is crazy because it starts. This is my least favorite scene in the this book. Is, this Thank is just God. a side <laughs> side plot going on with the actual. Yeah, plot. it starts with an explosion because they're Hulk's in Doctor Strange's house just destroying things or something. Spider-Man's like, Hulk, don't! This is filled with mumbo-jumbo. Wait, does your, does your issue not start with the scene with Kitty and Logan? Nope. No. no. <laughs> what? No, it's which makes oh, sense, because this, this seems so extraneous. You don't need it here. So, so, so we're, giving, we're giving too much clarity. Giving, it starts with just an explosion, and in, in the dialogue explain that, oh, there's mumbo-jumbo. So Strange. in the trade, there's a scene of Wolverine and Kitty Pride holding Spider-Man. It, it, it gets it gets later. Later. Oh my god, that, wait, wait, so wait they cut the Hulk scene from the trade? <laughs> No, then then the Hulk scene is after this. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So, so, so it, this has to happen so that what? Kitty can find the mask. Spoilers, this is how Jeff Wolf wants Spider-Man to die. So uh, Spider-Man dies in no, this point. He doesn't just die. He says, page. no, Hulk smash bad. Smash opening bad doors. Let's out. Oh, God. <laughs> He's dead. And you're like, Yeah, what? so that's how Spider-Man dies in a, in a confusing splash page. Uh, and then it shows Kate Pryde finding his mask um, hours later. Um, <laughs> and she's sad. And then and Dormammu's They freed Dormammu. <laughs> I, think what happened, I think what happened was Hulk smashes through Doctor Strange's place, releasing Dormammu. And yes, as Spider-Man yes. tried to stop him... Dormammu killed him, I guess. Or, like, the yeah. the energy explosion. It, he's one of the ones that, at the end, it's like he's missing. But, again, he doesn't appear for the rest of this. So, for, like, all we know, he's dead. It's just, it's so funny that he died saying Hulk smash bad. <laughs> and also, Dormammu has fucking Johnny, Johnny Storm, Storm in his necklace No somehow? idea what that was about. So, so uh, Dormammu, Dr. Strange villain, is now loose. And Dr. Strange goes to fight him. This is... Well, <laughs> It's, it's like it's like it's like this is supposed to tie in for a story never got released, like uh, the story where Giant Storm it's is just captured. So crazy reading this because as it goes on, it's like Dormammu tells him, "It's like you know your own history, how your father and grandfather and your great grandfather all claim to have the title of Sorcerer Supreme, with you being the last, and because you have no son, your lineage dies tonight." And he wraps Doctor Strange up like in his cape or like his sash, his sash. and then squeezes him so hard his head pops like a balloon, and yes, he's yeah. dead. I'm like. Wow, I can't believe you murked Doctor Strange like that, like on panel by his like greatest villain. And like three pages, he's on to page right, on, on like for three pages, he's like, he existed. It's just crazy because yeah. it's yeah. like Doctor Strange is really strong. I expected him to have more of like to do more stuff in this because he's on the cover of this issue too. This is one of those no. things I was saying before. Where it's like you, I, I can appreciate the idea of like a, an ignoble death where like he, you're fighting a demon from another dimension. He can just kill you. And yeah, the Dormammu is a million times stronger than Doctor Strange. But don't you yeah. think at a certain point it's so belittled because it's like okay, we've seen these ignoble deaths. Now this is like yeah, the this fourth. is yeah. the one. And also, and also that, this has yeah. fact is nothing. Dormammu is not is not part of the story. He's gone. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> right. Like a lot of like the. You know, sudden deaths work for me in the context of the story. This has nothing to do with the plot. His death does yeah, not yeah. advance it's mean. the story. And yes, it is. It is mean. His this yeah. is the death where I'm like, okay, now we're just being mean. Whereas I thought the other deaths at the very least serviced the plot and to push the story kind of forward a little bit. Yeah, because it yeah. raises the stakes. This was the one where it's just like, okay, he's got to go now because we're wiping the slate clean. Yeah, and at least, like, the thing with Doctor Strange is Ultimate Doctor Strange, like, barely existed. He'd only been in, like, a team-up story, I think. Like, maybe <laughs> okay. an annual. But, like, Spider-Man at this point, I think his book had, like, close to 100 issues, if not more. Yeah. Mm. 
And he's like, Ultimate Spider-Man is one of the most beloved comic book characters that exists. This is how he was supposed to die. And Brian Michael Hulk Bendis was like, are you bad. fucking kidding me? Yeah, Bendis was like, you, you've you got to be kidding me. No. I, I just realized he just he just killed off two of Steve Disco characters right after, back to back. <laughs> The yeah. the lobes send their regards, <laughs> yeah. and then and then uh, Sue Storm shows up, and they're like, "We're gonna stop you." And I'm like, "I don't." If Doctor Strange couldn't stop, I don't think the Invisible Who Woman. Who is this guy in silhouette that says oh, Steve? This is this is another fucking thread that never went. Anywhere. Yeah, I looked this up after I reread this, and I'm like, "Wait, so what happened with this?" And the answer is nothing. Nothing happened with yes. this. <laughs> they Some it. mystery figure takes Doctor Strange's body, and that's it. Yeah, that's he it? says size. And, yeah, that's it. That's the end. And then, so you have the Hulk running from the fucking military. I'm like, can I not like read a Hulk comic for a helicopter shooting missile sound? It's like a great watch your guys movie with militaries and shoot at him. It's like, it has to happen. But the thing is, like, everything's been fine. He hasn't had the military shoot at him, but now it's like. They- and the military didn't shoot at Dormammu, but they're like, fuck the Hulk right now. <laughs> it's the Hulk's fault. Yeah, remember yeah. the whole kid's supposed to be like public enemy number one. Like he killed. Oh him. yeah, and the ultimates. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah it's, it's just yeah. so dumb. And then Cyclops like blinds the uh, helicopter pilot. He's like, "Leave the Hulk alone." I'm like, "The Hulk's wrecking shit." They want they want the Hulk to fight. So it's yeah, the Hulk to- pops down and and he's like, "Hulk know you," and it's Wolverine. And he's like, "Hulk tore you in half." And he's like, "Yeah, but like." I hope we don't have to go through that again. And he's like, Gene, help me. And then Gene uses psychic powers, and the Hulk goes, ooh, Hulk helped pretty girl. He's been charmed. Actually, he's, I don't think he's like bad. I think the Hulk is just horny. And looks like yeah, yeah Hulk horny. Yeah. He's Hulk it's horny, ultimate Hulk, yeah. yeah. And then we jump over to another dimension where we have, oh, my God, I hate this panel so much. Because it's Nick Fury. It's just like next to this car. It's, this alter, alternate dimension looks just like our dimension. But then yes. the Fantastic Four show up and Doctor Doom shows up. And I, I hate what they did, like how Doom's drawn here. Because Doom's always supposed to be menacing and like he towering. He looks so powerful. little. He's the <laughs> he smallest sure. person on the page. Prince Power Princess is bigger well, than him. Keep in mind, this is Martha Storm. Mary Storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Mary Martha, Storm. No, no, That's... Martha Storm is better. We can leave her as Martha Storm. That's not canon <laughs> right now. I, I hate that he's just yeah, like it's not so canon. tiny. Yeah. And he's just like... I, so <laughs> when I first saw this page... <laughs> I thought they they were like children that showed up in costume. <laughs> they do look like it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I had to go back and be like, is someone trick or treating fucking Nick Fury? Is that a cover of Fifty Two that Booster Gold? And yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was like, those are children because they even from far away their faces. Yeah, the faces, like are, the faces are very distinct because it's a zoomed out page. So they look like they just they have like less detailed features, which makes them look younger. So they look like fucking kids. So they're yeah. like, you got to come back with us, Nick Fury. And he's like, no, I think I'll pass. And then the Power Princess blows up his car. And he's like, you know what? Okay, maybe I'll go with you. But <laughs> and he's like, then, you? I'm the most important character in the Marvel Universe. Fuck you guys. Then, then he does gonna... this where he shits all over. <laughs> I love that he shits all over Doom. It's like, uh, it's Doom's fault. He's the one that killed uh, Scarlet Witch, which set all of this off because his plan was to have Magneto destroy the world and then Doom would pick up the pieces of the world but he didn't realize it would go so far and then this is when you get like Doom again looking a little too goofy here yeah for sure it's like anime like uh knows me senpai but uh, Reed is like, fuck you, you, you caused all this, and they have to just like, break, break it off. Yeah, and then Fury says, if I wanted him dead, he'll be dead, so leave Doom alone, which is kind of doesn't, it's real goofy, because he's going to die anyway, even if yeah. doesn't want it. Not Nick so Fury, then, Dr. Doom's going to die anyway. So then, yeah. right, Brian, how is that scene, how's the Kitty Pride scene before this when, because it opens with her holding Spider-Man's destroyed mask. Yeah, the, 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 whole, the whole scene, the whole, by the way, is a flash 
back, I believe, anyway. So I just, it, Okay, uh, in the trade, this is ridiculous. It starts with four hours later is the narration. <laughs> and, no, it's that, no, but... and then it says four hours earlier when it cuts to the hall. <laughs> That's an eight-hour difference. <laughs> Why do oh, that? Why God. would you do that? Because Lo- remember, uh, Ultimates Three was full of that weird time stuff that didn't yeah. need to exist. But I believe, because uh, I believe the, the, uh, Captain America when he's like, "Let's rally everyone." This is what was showing what happened to Spider-Man and Hulk yeah. before they rallied everyone. I believe that's the point of this. Oh, I, I, I love that Loeb's just so, so bad with this time stuff. And so she's holding the mask, and she's like, "There was a flash of light, like magic, and then he's gone." And Logan's like. What do you mean, God? Spider-Man dead? And she's like, I don't know. And then he gives her a box, and it's like, just take this for me. And, and then he says, I'm leaving Bobby behind. Like, you can't come with me. I'm leaving Iceman behind, and you guys have to watch each other to make sure none of you tag along. And to start over if they if they lose. I like this scene a lot. I really like this scene a lot. I do too, actually. It's a, it's, it's a very classic, like, Wolverine and Kitty Pride scene. It's, like, and, and he says, you know... When this is finished, like you can't go because there's gonna be there needs to be good people yeah. to rebuild the world after, and you're one of the best. This is especially good. This is one of the like few things that I mentioned like a couple things, but after this, Ultimate X Men really kind of becomes like Kitty's franchise, and like mm. Ultimate Kitty Pride becomes like an incredible character, and it's like it's this is it it, it is almost interesting that like having the X Men where they get all the major players off the table and are just like this really small group of like there's no more professor x cyclops wolverine all that stuff it is it does give characters like kitty who i've always felt like deserve to be that a-list like everyone knows x-men but never really break through to the mainstream this is this, this was a bigger deal in the thousands because funny because then later on in main, like, a lot of stuff in the mainstream universe echo the ultimate universe including yeah. kitty pride becoming the leader of the x-men yeah and but like that's something that like this is, and it's not Loeb, it's, it's Spencer and Brian Wood that go on to do that. But, like, I, I think that, like, this is a really good scene, and it does actually set up something that does actually get followed through, which is rare for this yeah. book. So then we cut to Magneto's floating. Oh, He's in a floating, great. like, asteroid station. Asteroid, usually a- asteroid, asteroid M asteroid. equivalent for the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, they're approaching by jet, and the this entire... For this issue and the next one, I was like, why do would you bring anything metal to fight Magneto? It was the same <laughs> yeah. problem I had before. I'm like, why don't do this? This You know what he does. That, that's what yeah. I was saying. Like, they're arranging all these fighters. This final fight is just stuff happening. Like, it feels like they didn't plan this out at all. They just walked yeah. in. Like, Magneto has no defenses. He just go with Magneto's right to his throne room. He's like, he's right there. Start, and first, Angel takes him well, first. First, first he's being poetic. He's like, and a time to be born. No, and a time like, you just to do die. that before anyone gets there. That, that's before anyone gets yeah. there. He's talking to himself. Yeah. Well, he's, he's watching, like, the TV. <laughs> I know, but he, no one's hearing them. He's talking to himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Angel true. shows up. And he's the first one to get there. He's, he outpaces the ship somehow. He starts fighting <laughs> Magneto. Punches then him. Sabito comes, comes out of nowhere, and he eats Angel. He, he, he rips off Angel's wings and then steps on his neck, and I... I it, I guess he's dead after this. I mean, yeah, yeah. his face in that picture is like he, his it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> and then Hawkeye shoots out of nowhere. We never see him playing man or anything. Just Hawkeye's here in the, in Magneto's throne room. That just okay. So so basically, <laughs> just because it's just like the viscera is so important. So uh, Sabretooth rips off uh, Angel's wings and kills with his him. teeth. 
Yeah. And with his teeth, and then immediately gets shot in the face through the eye with an arrow from Hawkeye. And Hawkeye's like, that's gonna leave a mark. And then Magneto runs away. <laughs> how does yeah. he get away from how does he get away from Hawkeye? Why are you all 1v1ing him in the first place? Why yeah. is this yeah. a, a reverse what? martial arts yeah. movie? This is like a reverse martial arts movie where everyone's one v one the main guy, except everyone's one v one the bad guy for some reason. Yeah, and Valkyrie Valkyrie shows up. What plan is gonna... this? What plan do they have? <laughs> so Valkyrie shows up and she's like, give me Thor's hammer, and he's like, just take it and she cuts him off and says don't she, fuck she with cuts me. his arm off cuts yes yeah, yeah, she, well she cuts first she off. cuts off his dialogue and then she cuts his arm off and he does the like metal gear solid exclamation point like <gasps> but his arm was cut off and then he's like child fuck you yeah, yeah he takes her sword and stabs her with it yeah i thought she was dead after this because like he gets her like me in the too. throat but apparently she's alive no 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 no. she's fine in the next panel yeah oh, she's fine no a- never mind a- anytime you see yeah. someone especially with this fucking book anytime you see blood in silhouette they're not dead it's just like oh what happened to them like how'd they get how, how did he fucking let himself get stabbed with a metal sword yeah. uh like, so m- my theory was I was like this has to be Mystique because so far and I'm like okay Mystique's maybe because he's holding the the hammer of Thor as well like Mjolnir <laughs> but I'm like whatever Mjolnir is a piece of shit in this universe <laughs> so ever good wheel so I'm like this has to be Mystique because that's the plan spoilers it's not Mystique he just let his arm get cut off by a, a metal also, sword yeah everybody that attacks him is using metal like you said and not just so first it's Hawkeye <laughs> then it's Valkyrie and then Captain America jumps in with his shield that's yeah, also okay. metal Captain America jumps in too for some reason she comes Everyone's inside the building now. As soon as the Captain comes, jumps up through the window on the asteroid. And it shows, like, I was like, maybe the sword's magic, and that's why he can't pull it. But he pulls it out of her hand with his left hand and uses yes. that sword against her. I'm like, you could have done that the whole time. Anyway, Captain America jumps, kicks him in the back of the head, and then a bunch of rocks fall on Captain America, and Magneto flies away and somehow it's repairs the worst his... fight I've ever seen in a comic. <laughs> yeah, I, this, is the wor- this is like the worst fight ever in any comic. And I love that you it's fly- pretty terrible. Wait, he flies away and he flies into Hawkeye. Like, did, <laughs> what, did Hawkeye did no. run back to the room, or was Hawkeye told? Yeah, he runs back to he literally runs back to him because he runs back to the room, and that was just a, 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 another page supposed to just be cool. It's just like Nero gloating in front of the villains, just stabbed and cut off his arm. Like, in front of the heroes. The heroes, heroes, yeah. Oh, it's, it's the most pointless panel ever. So that ends issue four. Joe, still your favorite? How you feeling? <laughs> feeling great. <laughs> oh my god, Joe. I'm so happy please. I came back for this, guys. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any any uh, thoughts we've missed, Joe? Um, yeah. what should we call it? Uh, not particularly. I mean, we got one issue left. We got one issue left. Um, I'm still wildly entertained, although all <laughs> all all of the all the plot criticism and I think is very valid. Um. <laughs> Yeah, let's continue on to that last issue, guys. I, the okay. thing, the thing that I wanted to see the most is not like this fight because now it's like clearly this is just all nonsensical garbage that whatever lobe comes off the top of his head is going to form onto the page. But I'm like, I just want to see who kills him. Like, who who's the one that gets the final blow? Spoilers, it's arbitrary. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah. It surprised me a little bit, but I know, so, but it could have been fucking anyone at that point. Let's we start on. we start with the full splash page of Wolverine <sighs> with his claws in the X formation, and uh, but Magneto's reflected in the claws. I think it's yep. cool, and then he attacks. Well, why, like, Magneto's fighting Wolverine, the most easiest guy from the And Wolverine's like, Wolverine's like, uh, you know, in the past I couldn't kill you because I wasn't willing to die, but today I'm willing to die. I'm like, no, in the past you couldn't kill him because you're made of metal. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He's a magnet man. And, and Wolverine's clawing the fuck out of him, blood's pouring all <laughs> over out of Magneto. Yeah. But and we do get the the amazing line where he says, if you're God, then God is dead. <laughs> and now, th- look, again, 
Magneto can fucking rip apart Wolverine wherever he wants to. Instead, he takes over Iron Man and takes over Cyclops' visors. Cyclops is too stupid to close his fucking eyes. And then Cyclops and Iron Man are forced to kill Wolverine. Well, I love, also, I love you could have done this at any point in the story as well. Also, yeah. I love to when, when Wolverine's fighting Magneto, yeah. you see Jean Grey and Cyclops on the side, and Jean Grey's like, oh my god, Scott, I think. Logan's gonna kill Magneto, and then I'm like, oh, this guy's killing the entire After world. How is this? Like, people have been killed. You're like, we gotta make sure not to hurt Magneto, who killed is, Xavier. And I love that too. When when Gene says that, Scott's like, then maybe that's how this has to end. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. obviously. So they blast Wolverine to little bits. Then I, I didn't even think Cyclops gonna just close this. <laughs> what what I, I love too about this so much is Hawkeye shoots the thing off of. I love that Hawkeye's one thing in this fight. Is to shoot Cyclops' visor <laughs> off his head, not shoot Magneto. Not <laughs> that shoot. I even like disable Iron Man somehow. He's just like <laughs> he just shoots Cyclops' visor off his head, That's and it, then it breaks the arrow in half too. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's so funny because like, again, these whole th- these three pages are completely pointless because later on, what Magneto does what he should have done anyway. He explodes Wolverine after he stabs him again. <laughs> so <laughs> so he shoots he shoots the thing off of uh, Cyclops' head, and then Storm freezes Iron Man. She's like, "I'm sorry, Tony. This has to be done." And then I, say, I think she short circuits him with electricity. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, you!" Magneto's like, "You killed Wolverine." And then Wolverine has a melting pile of muscles, <laughs> yeah. like, "Not yet." And then stabs him in the chest. And then Magneto like he still somehow somehow in there has vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> See, the this top. would make more sense to me. Like, I think this would be cool if it was like Magneto's not not every aspect of it, but like Magneto's like arrogance of like obviously Wolverine's dead. Yeah. This would work better if we didn't just see him rip him apart for like no reason. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, yeah. He was Wolverine was owning him and then Magne- and Magneto's stabbed now. Like this is this should be the only time Wolverine stabbed it, but no. And, and Magneto yes. also is look it's not like this is from behind. He's looking at this pile of muscle and he I guess lets him get up and stab him <laughs> to the chest. He reads fast. He's a fast pile of muscle. <laughs> yes. And then na- then he's like, ah, now that you've stabbed through me, now he's like, okay, now I'll up. kill you. And what I love here is he blows him up, and then it shows, like, the, the f- full splash play of, of Logan's just, like, incinerated bones left, and Tony's like, oh, oh my god, really he tore cool. the adamantium off his skeleton. I, I love this panel yeah. because it implies it's that so Magneto's Everyone's acting like Magneto's dead, and that's right and standing right in front of them. What I love, what I love about this so much is that Cyclops is putting back on his visor. I'm like, why did you shoot the visor off? And then, like, instead of shooting Magneto, he bends down, picks the visor. <laughs> off everyone, everyone's seen. Everyone's just mourning that Wolverine, while Magneto is still right there in front of him. Yeah. yeah. And Cyclops puts on the visor, which again, we know the visor is probably a bad idea, but whatever. He still wants to wear it. <laughs> This this is such a, such a shitty like sequence of events like in general because then it cut, it tries to cut to like oh it's not just this fight look they're they're actually did have a plan Colossus and the Hulk are gonna smash the engines of this asteroid and Spoilers, then, this affects nothing and yeah it does nothing because then Mag- Mystique shows up with a flamethrower to fight the that's Hulk her, that's the major part in his plan her job is to have a flamethrower <laughs> in the, the engine and to fight Colossus and the Hulk also why are they smashing the asteroid they're still on the asteroid <laughs> the asteroid has nothing to do with setting the world right. And yeah. so Mystique like halfway into flamethrowing them realizes, <laughs> oh wait, I'm fighting Colossus and the fucking Hulk. And she's yeah. like, oh, I gotta get out of here. She says, Sabretooth, oh shit. <laughs> Sabretooth grabs her, 
Somehow Sabretooth is able to outrun. What <laughs> kind of mystique is able to outrun the fucking whole quest? Well, because he jumps on a hang glider and just glides away. No, but, but presumably they have to like leave the engine room or whatever. Where's that hang glider from? Yeah, they have to. They have to outpace Hulk and Colossus at some point to get to the hang glider. And yeah. they my, do my it. favorite thing is that Magneto. She says like, "Did you leave your weapon?" He's like counting down. A full clip was left because he left a bomb there, and I'm like, so. In the engine room, you left a bomb to blow them up, but you know it's blowing up your boss's, like, ship. Like, I'm just like, what is, what the is this plan? Yeah, this whole is just That's, a nonsense. It's all going according yeah. to plan. Yeah. This, is, this is, like, first, like, kind of high school first draft kind of shit you're writing. Right? Yeah. And then the best part here is, like, how can Magneto be defeated? Oh, well, Wolverine already basically stabbed him. And then Nick Fury with a pistol is like, what's up, Magneto? I'm here. <laughs> Magneto's is bleeding on gun. the ground, and he's, he's he throws, like, Wolverine's, like, claws out of his chest. And then, like Phil said, Nick Fury shows up. And he's got a gun, and the whole time, I'm like, why you keep bringing metal to fight Magneto? What you guys doing? <laughs> like, you think your gun's gonna stop him? It has to be plastic or something. I don't know. No, it's metal. But that's it's not his real weakness. Yeah. So, so yeah, Nick Fury says every single one of you has a weakness that I keep as my ace in the hole in case you get out of hand. And now this is your ace in the hole, Jean Grey. And she comes up, and she's like, Fury says you have a lot, a lot of things to learn, secrets. And she grabs them and Nick Fury's head and she mind melds them together. And then she's like, check this out. Like, using Fury's information, did you know that mutants were created by men? Yes. They're not, they're not the next stage of evolution by yes. God, like he thinks. Homo sapien created Homo superior. So <laughs> so now I just want to officially clear the, the room here and let it state that this is not a Loeb idea. Bendis no, did this earlier. And I think it's really interesting having an alternate universe where mutants aren't evolution, but everyone thinks they are. But really, they're like the Captain, the extension of the Captain America project. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting to then show that to the, like, the supremacist who's like, we're the next stage, we're the next stage. And then he's like, no, you're actually just different types of, like, you're regular humans that just the government experimented on. And I find that to be really, really interesting. But, I mean, that's, you know, and I just want to give Bendis credit for this. Yeah, that's that's, that's not low. And, not, and again, it's another concept that got uh, put into the regular universe that means are not inevitability. Uh, they could just be an, an anomaly like they are here. You like this concept too, Joe? I, I really do. I think when, because I was kind of, I never really read the Ultimate Universe, but I, you know, being like in middle school and going to comic shops and kind of keeping track on the news, I love the concept. Um, like, it, I think it's such a really neat twist and it's such a great thing to do because if you're going to do an Ultimate, like, you know, an alternate universe, like, really change it up. So I, I really like the concept a ton. So for me, I'm like, I, th I think that is like an interesting twist. It's just like what happens next is then Magneto's like, oh my God, what have I done? Where I'm like, I feel like if you're oh, that Oh, I don't buy that. Deep... I don't buy Magneto. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah buy exactly. That okay, good. So we're on the same page yeah. there. I'm like, yeah. if you're yeah. that deep in, like you're not going to. That's what I was. I'm like, this doesn't do anything. For you're not going to be like, wow, you're too far I can't gone, believe man. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, statistically, like most cult leaders, like when they find out like the prophecy was bullshit, they the membership actually increases. Like people double down on their yeah. They, yeah. He's he would reject reality, especially when again he's been killing mutants anyway. He's not gonna be like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. like, and it's funny because Nick Theory acts like this is a surefire way to stop him. Like he knew like this is gonna work. There's yeah. no fucking way it's gonna work, but it works because the plot determines it has. So to. then Reed Richards is like, you shifted the poles off there, like the axis. It has to be repaired. And he's like, I don't have the strength. And Reed's like, find it. So then he does it. And he says, I, I can't do the easy. damage. So he easy does it for in him three too. panels. He 
doesn't just yeah. do it. He does it. He does it in like probably like five seconds time. Three he, copy and paste the panel. <laughs> they don't even show any signs of him struggling either. He yeah. can he can do this in three seconds, but Wolverine kicks his fucking ass. <laughs> I do want to say I do actually like the next page a lot. Yeah. Where oh, I, do, I, I do. I hate it. I, hate I, it. I do. I love I, it. I like it. Not a lot. love it. Love it. I'm I being like hyperbolic. It. It's great. At the end of something like this, that's so shitty. It's okay to have just revenge. So, form. so that's the thing. Is he's like Charles. Charles will understand. Charles will forgive me. And I like that Cyclops is like Charles is dead. You killed him. No. Fuck you. And he just blasts his head <laughs> off. This, this, this seems like this seems like a this, uh, what was it? There's a Batman comic where he tells Catwoman, "I'm not your friend. I hate you, and I'll never be your friend ever again. Go away." Like, yeah. like the most it, it, it sounds just that preschool. The way he says like Charles is dead. You killed him, and no one ever forgive you. Fuck you. And he just blows his head off. For me, for I would like that idea a lot more. Like I'd be fine with it, like Cyclops being like, you know what? You killed Xavier. I'm just gonna kill you. The problem is that before. Before that, he he reaches his hand down and says, "Let me help you, Eric." Just like Charles did for all those years. Why did he say that before he he's did? Oh, a yeah. jerk. That's dumb. He's, he's because mad. he's a jerk. That's why he did. Yeah, it. he's like, oh, oh, uh, my boss, my best friend, basically help, forgave you 19 times. Let me help you, you piece of shit. And he blasts his head off. I think that's <laughs> totally and, and, fine. I, I, yeah, he's setting him up to die. I, I like, don't yeah, deliver I, that. I don't believe that tone. Like, that's that's like, a dick way to do it. And second of all, like it's it's, it's such like a character defining thing. Because Cyclops is like the one that believes in like Professor Xavier's vision the most. Like the, the, the Professor Xavier's excessive forgiveness, which was why he, Wolverine was on the team in the Ultimate Universe, especially because uh, like in the Ultimate Universe, Wolverine was a villain before he was a hero. And like this is such a character-defining moment, and it's so arbitrary that happens here. It could have been anyone doing it, mm-hmm. and That's Cyclops true. dies immediately after the spoilers. So like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just such a dumb yeah. thing to well, do. And, and you like Ultimate Cyclops a lot, right, Sly? He's probably one of the best versions of Cyclops. I feel like. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I I. I seed the floor to your take for sure <laughs> i'm on team good job cycle <laughs> i think it's a good job i'm on I'm just team like, great I, scene it's just weird for him being petty in the beginning and they i don't like, i don't think it is when you're like if, if you're if you've really subscribed to charles beliefs of excessive forgiveness and then charles literally dies and all humanity almost dies not cyclops he's not the person that's like oh yeah let me help you eh, wrong die <laughs> yeah, yeah like uh, it w- this would be like i'm saying like this this will work if Cyclops didn't die immediately after this. It's just like you make Cyclops like a, like just do this dickishly and then die immediately after this. Oh yeah, that's true. So I, it's my turn now, man. Cyclops' arms are ripped. They yeah. are, <laughs> Jesus, they are. He's yeah. huge. Everyone's yeah. huge. More, in this. more than the Hulk. He's more buff than the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Also, you forgot to say uh, just to end cap this amazingly tense scene. Hulk says Hulk hungry, or Hulk <laughs> yeah. is hungry. Yeah, yeah they are the shawarma right after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then it says eight days later, and then you get Washington D.C. People are protesting mutants because you know a mutant destroyed like half the world. Yeah. Cyclops is like, please, like, don't hate mutants. He's giving a speech in front of Washington D.C. And it happens, he's got like, like Colossus like, next to him and uh, Storm, but then Kitty has to be down there with like Rogue and Gene in the crowd because he's like, I don't want you up here. Well, why was Rogue not with them? What the? F- why was? She- I don't what? know. That's why I was surprised. Yeah. Rogue was here. I was like, oh, I guess she is in the story, but she didn't join up. <laughs> yeah. and, and then she gets gets assassinated by a sniper. Uh, yeah. Then uh, it turns out, spoiler: it's Quicksilver is alive the whole time. Uh, and he used the bullet that Wait. they killed Scarlet. <laughs> no, a lot, a lot, because Cyclops dies, and then like. Carol Danvers arrests everyone. Yeah, and then Iceman's yes. running away, and while this is going on, Kitty goes, Bobby, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to help, Kitty. He's like, no, you can't leave me. You can't leave me like everybody does. And then that's the last thing that happens with her, and I'm like, that's a weird tonal thing to do for the end of this book. Especially because yeah. it wasn't... Same old character doesn't have a weird tonal end to every character. Yeah. 
And so um, this is this is also a great scene. And then we get this is this is pretty great. When when Daryl was like, "Yeah, Doctor Doom's in Ultimates Three. I was thinking like, you have made the 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 precious mistake of seeing a character you like in a Jeff Lowe book and being excited. The monkey's polish. Never get excited to see Jeff Lobby's characters. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> so, Dr. Doom's sitting on his throne looking at Namor in a glass tube. I guess he just got to keep Namor when all was said and done. Yeah. yeah. He just, he he just let him keep, keep Namor. Namor. Reed's like, keep him. Doom's like, yes. <laughs> Score. <laughs> because Reed's he like, has... well, we never discuss this again. You take Namor, you get the hell out of my life. <laughs> yeah. So, he has Namor and he's just watching him. And then suddenly someone comes in. He's like, "Who? how dare you? Who comes in here? And the person's like pushing Magneto's buttons, killing his daughter, making it so he had to go to war. He, he says, he says, Reed, tell me what you did. You, you, about it's it's the thing. Buttons. He like blasts the, the cloak off of him. It's the thing. And you're like, what? And then, again, Doom's standing up to him all small. He, he he's says, like, you dare. And he goes, yeah, I do, Vic. And you know why I'm here with you doing who knows what with Namor here. And Dr. Doom's like, get out or I'll destroy you. And <laughs> yeah. things like, Reed doesn't have the stomach for it, but you gotta pay for what you did. How everything that happened, it was all your fault. <laughs> and then he just crushes Dr. Doom's head. And he crushes his head. And, and Namor's like, watches oh my God. And like bubbles come out of his mouth as he's screaming. <laughs> as a big fan of Ben Grimm, uh, this was kind of satisfying in a weird way because Dr. Doom's always yeah. like, oh, you're so beneath me, uh, Ben. Just, yeah, ben could just crush Dr. Doom's skull whenever he wanted to. And so this is pretty accurate in reality. This is also why I was like, okay, I like this scene and the, the Magneto one is because I'm like, these guys are like, they've exceeded like, like just, I'm a villain. They're like, I, I, I try to end the world regularly and like, they're so smug about it. Like, mm-hmm. The thing, it, like you're saying, like Charles and Cyclops and the and the Fantastic Four are pretty forgiving of these people that routinely kill lots of people. Yeah. So when when he actually loses some of his own family, I'm like, you know what? Fuck him. That's the only satisfying thing about this, this story is that at least the villains get fucking uh, <laughs> Yeah. And I, Doctor Doom in this story is so great because the entire time he's just a punk ass bitch. The whole story. Yeah. He shows up. He's like, oh no, I I made an oopsie. I killed. I did too much. And then he's like, we gotta go get Nick Fury. And then Nick Fury solves things. And he's like, I get to keep Namor. And then the thing shows up and kills him. He does like he's just garbage the entire time. Yeah. That's because yeah. Marfa Storm, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, the thing killed! Oh no! Oh, this is why you don't kill villains. You don't know if they're your friend's mom. I think Ben hates Johnny enough to not care. And, the, and then we yeah. get the twist at the end that Zyder alluded to, that it's Quicksilver is still alive, he's dressed up as Magneto, he has, like, a bunch of mutants with him and some sexy lady in silhouette that we can't see. We don't know who it is, but she's it's like... It's probably fucking Scarlet Witch. I think it's Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and if it's not, it's just because Jeff Lowe stopped riding the steer- series. He never yeah. Anything else. yeah. I love that they bring up it's the same bullet that shot the Scarlet Witch. I'm like, it's a DNA seeking bullet. How does Cyclops have the I same think, DNA? I think. Oh, I you can think program it? Quicksilver literally <laughs> pushed it into yeah. his head. I th- yeah, yeah, I think so too. He didn't uh, like. Uh, question whatever. Quicksilver has Magneto's helmet? How the fuck did he get that? <laughs> <laughs> fell out of uh, the. Whatever. Yeah, he oh. went into the ocean to get it from Asteroid. It doesn't M. matter. Yeah. Fucking speedsters, goddamn. And then the book ends with a dedication 
dedicated to Brian, Mark, Bill J, and Joe Q, who started it all. And I would just like to say that that Mark there is Mark Millar. So I would yep. also like to dedicate this podcast to, to Mark, Mark Millar, Millar, who started yeah. it all. He did. He did. And he made me hate comics. Uh, <laughs> so fuck you, Mark Millar. Also, also I, why would Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver want to like run the mutants when all they wanted to do be was like bougie incest t- twins? That's a good fucking question. Also, <laughs> question. why was there a boom when he pushed the bullet through? Whatever. Also, did you <laughs> see in the, misdirection in all those that died? Did you see that Madrox died? Apparently, he can make himself yeah. infinite amount of times, but he died in infinite. I guess he blew up an asteroid and blew up. I just, oh yeah, uh, he was uh, he was in prison on the asteroid. I guess they forgot yeah. to get him before they left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Drop, oh man! Oh, Toad uh, died too. Shit! <laughs> oh, no. uh, and hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so, uh, what did everybody think of Ultimatum? Bad. I'll go first. Wait, I thought sorry. it was bad, but the art's pretty, and I do think that it is. I think to me, it is one of the ultimate examples of the to- so bad it's good because, like. It is, we were laughing the entire time. And yeah. I think the best example that I could have is, Daryl, when you would start episode uh, issues, you'd be like, issue four, and you would just start <laughs> laughing. Hulk smash bad. It was like, it was like Mark Miller level of bad. What about, what about you, Sly? I, so, um, this, this is a good example of why I hate event comics. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you want to understand why do I hate event comics, this is like, they're all very shades of this, like, Get to a lot of them, like there's, there's a, you know there's obviously more effort in some of them, but then you get to weird points like when Firestorm got blown up in uh, fucking Identity Crisis, where it's just like get, get have this happen. Doesn't matter if it makes sense. Doesn't matter if it's like part of the story. Just have this happen. <laughs> the story is all that. This is pure yeah. event trash and it's stilled. Phil. It was it was fun to like talk about and laugh at like in the same way I I can enjoy Mark Millar kind of sometimes where I'm like it's just so shitty but it was really shitty like I, I do think like Heroes in Crisis had more redeeming moments than this did um, I agree I enjoyed the like fucking murdering the villains at the end I'm like that's great cause you, you're gonna kill all the heroes like fuck you too you, you've been <laughs> arguing for that the entire like podcast I, I know the last <laughs> issue you finally get to yeah, see yeah I'm like you know he kills all your friends and half of Earth fucking kill him like <laughs> so that was nice but overall, this is a piece of shit comic. I do, I do like the art though. Like you guys said, I, I thought the art was good. It was over the top, but they like they went with that. It wasn't trying to be real, like you know, not super nineties uh, body figure. So it's like fine. And yeah, it's shitty. Daryl, it was bad. Boy, boy, was it bad. Um, I like Ultimates three more. I think because that was like a. It starts kind of on the rails and it tries to stay there, but it like it completely destroys itself by the end. Whereas this one's just like a lot of disaster porn, which isn't exactly my speed, and it's a lot of like just pointless fighting. Like there's there's very little character moments. It's like what like Hawkeye saying to Hank, "It's like I'll help you find Janet," and then you have Wolverine and Kitty Pryde. It's like that's yeah. it out of the five issues that we read, which sucks. Yeah, pretty much. So Joe, yes, we really the podcast comes down to me. Wow, yeah, yes. yeah. you get to decide vote. if you we know, liked it or not. Did, <laughs> Do we like Jeff Loeb? <laughs> um, it, I I found it wildly entertaining. Um, that like I said, I have to put it in this perspective. I really had no attachment to the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Um, I think the story is really entertaining in a bubble, 
where I almost read it like a one-off Elseworld, where like, okay, what if it was the end of the Marvel Universe, and it was just ridiculous and bombastic and over the top, mm. and everyone has like the, you know, the unfitting end that you might get in like, you know, a very high stakes, you know, type setting. But I, you know, I recognize that the characterization isn't the best. It, it was, it's, <laughs> it was so it, nice. It was, it was long term. It was probably, you know, long term, a little bit harmful to the old, you know, to the ultimate universe. Um, a little bit. <laughs> little tiny bit harmful. Um, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's wildly entertaining and I think it's, it's neat to read not in the context of the ultimate universe. Like I read this, like I would read ruins where ruins was like a one-off, like what if oh. everything went horribly wrong type story. Yeah. You don't think about how it affects the canon. You're like, exactly. I'm just in it to see the the carnage. Yes. I, I'm, I'm in it for the entertainment value with this one. I think if you read this in the canon of the ultimate universe, I, I think it doesn't hold up in that regard. <laughs> um, Cause it does really bad things to people that you probably care about. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a good comparison. Cause ruins did not have much more substance than this. Uh, so it's kind of the same. Yeah, I, I I read it for you know the like you know the junk disaster you know comic, mm-hmm. um, and I was really really entertained. I think the art is beautiful, but like I I recognize the damage that you know it it yeah. did in the longer term. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what, what, oh, okay. that, that, that's that's a fair way to end our podcast too. You yeah. know, we so s- start with a lot of garbage. One, <laughs> I do have one small question when we wrap up for the final time. Daryl, you first. Since you joined, mm. what are you? How has your opinion on comic books changed from oh, the beginning no. of you joining the show <laughs> to the end? Oh no! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a greater appreciation for a lot of the things that you guys have talked about and that you guys have pointed out, and that you guys like still like uh, that you you tried to convey. Where it's like with Ryan with like the Flash, where it's like you gotta take a long time to digest with these characters and see like the cool the payoffs you can get from following a character for like sixty issues, and then you get to finally see them come into their own and stuff and for like sly pointing out where it's like all the things that i thought were unique were kind of just like typical for the time and so like he was like the stuff that was like very unique at the time or very like it hadn't been done before like everyone has their own you know they're wanted that they first read they're like this is great comics are now serious adult stuff Mm -hmm. and i feel like you guys have opened me up to a lot more like comics are adult stuff that aren't just murdering and raping and disaster Mm -hmm. And I, I I really appreciate that. But, like, when Joe's, like, Gwen Stacy's carnage, <laughs> it's, it's just hard to let go of that feeling of, like, what a fucking mess comics are sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, it's I still, I, I can't get over it. And even if size like, you know, don't judge a book by, by its cover, Swamp Thing and Man Thing are, like, great characters and stuff. I'm, like, it just has still such a hard, like, presentation issue with me that i can't pierce where i'm like this looks dumb i've learned to not judge it as harshly being like maybe this could be okay again it's like maybe captain cold could be a really cool guy instead of just like how goofy he looks but it's just it's just it's gotten to the point of like parody how much you guys are like this guy's actually really cool when he's really like (laughs) stupid looking look at mr mind We were at that point, like, like in the beginning of the show, we were like, Batman yeah. is so cool, and he beats his wife and goes <laughs> insane, and when, when fucking, um, uh, was it, Adam, his wife went crazy and murdered fucking, uh, Jenny stepping on people's <laughs> brains, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I greatly appreciate you guys bringing me on this journey. It's one of those things, though, where it's like, would I read, like, more comics outside of this? It's like, nothing other than what I had said 
like I I wanted to read more of like Shade the Changing Man. It's like I would read more of that. Like I if I had a trade of that, I'd read that. So it was probably more like vertical stuff, the stuff you read you would have read anyway, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. But I, I've also, like, I've, I feel like maybe I've gotten better at reading, you know, old, like, Silver Age stories or, like, you know, text bubble-filled stories. <laughs> so maybe you guys help me out there not to mind that so much. Nice. What about you, Phil? Um, well, you know, I, I came into this as everyone's saying, like, I'm the guy, I hate comics. But in, in reality, <laughs> because Sly made me read so many comics in, like, middle school and stuff, like, I actually always did enjoy it a subset of comics like i thought there were great comics but it was the stupid shit that you guys would bring up like flash running back in time and <laughs> to punch his yeah that stuff i always thought was sounded stupid and i didn't think all comics were dumb but that there were a lot of dumb things in comics and i yes. still kind of feel that way like daryl's saying where i'm like there's a lot of cool stuff that i didn't know about before too but there's a lot of they still have to do the dumb shit they just it seems like <laughs> yeah, it's, they can't keep away from it as a as a as a <laughs> At least Marvel and DC like can't stop themselves from d- d- from doing They're that. Addicts. Yeah, so I'm like, I still think a lot of comics are great, and that a lot of them have too much dumb shit to be <laughs> to take it seriously. Like, uh, I I can't respect like the, <laughs> a lot of when they're like. Like the, the Carnage example was perfect. Like I, I'm like that is just so dumb. And no matter how good the surrounding story is, it's a dumb thing to be in there. And I, I, I don't hate it that much. I'm like, sure, make <laughs> make Spider-Man. The only thing girlfriend. is, the Carnage story is better than this fucking thing we just read. I oh, believe yeah, that. Sure. I believe that. Yeah. Too. It, it's more like the the intertwining constantly of so many writers and stories always produces this like weird dissonant thing for me, where I'm like, yeah, this this this. Beneath the surface, because so many people have written about this stuff, there's dumb shit in there that's just part of the lore now. And you have to just be like, it's fine. This person's their own mom or something. <laughs> or, it's, or like, it's, it's like Captain those, Marvel. God, all that stuff. It's like, it's like one of those party games where you, where you have to keep adding on to what somebody else did. And like if he says, like, oh, yeah, everyone just starts sucking each other's dicks. And you have to, you have to continue from that Yeah, point. they did it because they were mind-controlled, mind-controlled. by Magneto. <laughs> or they're yeah. clones from another dimension. Yeah. Man. So in the end, I'm like, I still think there's a lot of great comics out there and i was actually really glad to have read a lot of the stuff we read um and some of the stuff that i didn't think i might have enjoyed as much i did uh yeah but i'm still like a lot of comics are really dumb (laughs) so yeah as someone who really adores comics i can't disagree with anything either if you do (laughs) i i just agree uh i i i always push for the ones that i try to be not so Mm off-putting uh but it's always a battle between um my, my, my balance is always, like, the stuff that tries to introduce you to what what, what used to be goofy concepts, but makes it work in, 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 the, in, the, in the modern sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the Batman, the animated, like, like, the animated series did that, like, the Batman animated series, they'll take, yeah. like, like, the Clock King and make him somehow work uh, in, in, in mm-hmm. a green costume and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, most comics, and, 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 and I do agree with Ryan, there is some uh, beauty in... The stuff that's so unadulterated, goofy, and still yeah. trying to be serious, either way, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we we all kind of appreciate Identity Crisis, which is about a stretchy guy whose wife died because yeah. a guy shrugged down and stuck stepped on his head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, okay, you're right. There, there is a, there is some joy to that. I mean, and in the end, uh, the one thing I think I will never change on. Mark Millar is a cancer on the medium, <laughs> and like he just 
is the worst. I, I, feel, I after reading I, so many bad stories, I'm at the point where I'm like, Mark Millar is not that bad, I guess. No, he he is because he's so popular. Like, and also he influenced a lot. Like, this probably wouldn't happen the way he did if it was Mark Millar. Yeah, That's I was true. reading this. I'm like, fucking Mark Millar. I can feel it in the <laughs> words. It's so. I, I was waiting for someone to get cucked. I thought Hulk was gonna cuck Cyclops with Jean Grey. Oh man! <laughs> remember when that one lady was like, "I like Hulk. I like Bruce Banner when he's Hulk." Yeah, <laughs> remember when Wolverine cucks Magneto? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe, do you have any? Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Dan. No, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, do you have any thoughts on comics? Comics are great. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Even at... I love that after this. Yeah, they're just like comics. I was no, I was so excited to go back and read this. Like it, it was probably with a you know I I read every week, but you know something about you know I'm gonna get to talk ultimatum with you guys. You know, really like really let me up inside. Like you know, reading these five issues, like you know, like before bed the past two nights, (laughs) it's just just so much fun. Like. It, and it's just, it's nice to, like, you know, kind of get that vibe. I mean, sometimes I think you kind of take it for granted a little bit. But, mm-hmm. I you know, I think the all the, I think y'all have, like, valid reasons for, you know, liking comics and disliking comics and thinking that, you know, like, comics are so silly. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's so great that you have a medium and, a, you know, that can display all of that. Where if you want, you know, 1960s revamps, they're there for you. If you want, mm-hmm. you know, very serious stories that are, like, you know, really character driven and grounded they're there for you you know mm-hmm. um so I, I think that just shows really the strength of you know the medium and the art form um and yeah comics are beautiful go go read comics and and to your point about it like you enjoying to read this at night or whatever it's like that there is just going to be like a difference in like taste like i can i, I think i could just have fun with it and yeah it, and that's what it is, you know? I find a joy in playing shitty games, and I'll, I'll hold yes, on to the memories yeah. of, like, a really shitty game. I'm like, that was so fun to play through. Even though it was shit, I still enjoyed playing it. And I think that mm-hmm. I, I can't, like, I can't make people feel that when I'm, like, that joy, too. But I feel that. And I I just, I probably don't feel the same way as much about shitty comics. But I can imagine being, like, I love comics. And I, I even like reading ones that aren't great just for, like, the, the you know, like, this one is just craziness. Mm-hmm. And there, I can, I could see there being a a, a fun in that, even yeah. if I don't necessarily experience. It it's yet. also fun to just talk with friends about it. Uh, which, yeah, which is yeah. why, like me and Joe and Ryan, would just play the dumbest parts of certain comics, which is why Phil and Daryl be like, "Wow, that sounds <laughs> yeah. so fucking stupid." But it's, it's fun to, to be a bad comic and just share that experience with your friends. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's the thing. Like for comics, that I think only comics do this well. And it's that, like, the this whole podcast started because it was, like, me, Sly, and Joe would just go out to dinner every Tuesday night and just, like, bullshit and talk, you know, talk shop for a while. And the thing is, even, like, in college, like, we would all sit, you know, all the, the five of us and, and just talk about this stuff for hours. <laughs> oh, and, like, the thing that – but the thing that makes it is because, because comics are such a diverse medium, as Joe said, with such this rich, rich history that there's something that could catch the ear of – anybody listening that in a way that like when people describe like bad video games and stuff, I feel like you do have to have some level of understanding about like what it's like to play kind of games to understand like why the controls being shitty is funny or like it, I feel like comics because they started as a medium for children and they're just this pure exploration of like morality and power dynamics. I think that it's, it, it, it's more fun and easy, not more fun, but it's, it's easier to, 
talk about these crazy things with the uninitiated for me than it is other mediums. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a harder time talking about like if I'm talking about like the music I love, it's it's harder for me to talk to a random person about it with like if they don't have the same level of understanding as I do or if they have more of a level of, of understanding whereas because comics are both so simple and so complicated I feel like you can broach it in a way that's more interesting for any audience and that's one thing like when we started the show a lot of the things that Sly picked he would pick books that were like clickbaity sounding and I like, feel like uh, I made Uncle Ben boning each other. yeah yeah like Trump <laughs> no, no, that, no be... that's a great book <laughs> but like but not whether it's good or not it's good or <laughs> sure <laughs> but like that's something that like if I was to write like it you can't for me I can't write about like or pick albums that would be like I gotta hear this for like 99% of the time whereas like a comic I could see being like pitching it to somebody like you guys you know Phil and Daryl and you being like I gotta hear more about what this is you know or like pulling up a Wikipedia synopsis about how Johnny Storm's mom is secretly Doctor Doom <laughs> like I feel like you don't get those kind of wait what let's yeah. hash this out and talk as like friends goofing off for a while like I, that to me is something that's purely like it's so common I think even beyond that, one of the most valuable things is like learning that comics are have such a storied history behind it, where it's like every era influences another. And it's like I know it's mm-hmm. like every era is like this too with like music and movies, mm-hmm. but it's maybe it's because I just didn't think comics were like that. Like you know, it was so contentious between editors and writers, or that there were like all the people like jumping from like Marvel or DC to Marvel, mm-hmm. or then back to DC and influencing how everything developed. It's it's so just interesting to me to see like how single writers or single artists just create giant ripples throughout the entire medium that like I never even mm-hmm. thought about before. But not even just that. Like I completely agree with you, but that to me is the strength of the medium because. Mm-hmm. I don't think any other medium is inherently collaborative in the way that mm. comics are because, like, when you have a movie, you know, when you have a Quentin Tarantino movie, yeah, there's a lot of people working. I, on I feel it. like mo- movies are very collaborative, but but movies, movies are, but not always writing wise. Movies it, 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 movies get to a point where it's a lot of people though, whereas comics can just be between a couple people sometimes. Yeah, but it's a lot of people, and usually one man's vision though. Yes, yeah. yes, that's, and, and, that's and the main thing. And there has to be consensus between all the all the, the set designers, the lighting directors, the actors, and the director. There has to be consensus on set for in, in advance of filming. While yeah. comic writers, you have people who completely have completely different visions of a character uh, competing with each other to write that that, that character. Yeah, out. and and yeah. when I say like collaborative, I'm not saying that like people's contributions to like a Quentin Tarantino movie don't matter. But what I mean is, it's still as Joe just said, like it's still a singular vision that everyone is adopting to. And I know like not every movie is like that, but for comics, it inherently has to be between a writer and an artist. And even when it's, you know, and an editor and an inker and a letterer and a colorist and even (laughs) in the marketing department a lot of times, but uh, yeah. And not only just that, but you're also collaborating with it when in a shared universe, like Marvel or DC, you're collaborating with every writer and artist and creator who's ever worked in this universe, whether you know it or not. And like, as someone who like, you know, like, yeah, I, like, as a musician, I'm influenced by different musicians and everything, but I'm not literally collaborating with their vision and their, and directly yeah. engaging with their art in a way that you have it's to. It's not like you're taking someone else's, like, band, and then you're yeah. like, now we're this band. 
Exactly. You're not writing a new Jimi Hendrix song. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, now Ryan's exactly. Metallica. <laughs> yeah. And like and that's the kind of thing like in movies too, you're influenced by different things or like homages and like, you know, like different techniques and everything, but it's still not as to me, it's not as directly collaborative as it is in a, a shared narrative that doesn't exist anywhere else. And yes, it's messy and yes it gets in the way, but I think it's also like the thing that makes comics, as Joe said, beautiful. And, you know, to, I've mentioned this before, but, like, I was very overwhelmed by the continuity and stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, when Joe said, as silly as it sounds, I remember being in the cafeteria and Joe being like, hey, when you meet your friends, you don't know them right away, you don't know every detail about them, you pick it up as, you know, you get to know them better, you learn the details along the way, and, you know, maybe I didn't find out that Joe was also Carnage until recently, but, you yeah, know... that's a secret, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I find that really appealing because like you're not going to most people are not going to jump into a tv show on season four and most people aren't going to watch you know the third movie in a franchise yes some people do but like that's not what the medium is designed for but comics are inherently designed like no one is expecting you to start with issue one and i find that to be fascinating when you have to accept that and not every writer can handle that yeah yeah, that's the reason why in issue one they're all saying each other's names yeah like it, it, it's designed so anyone who's picking up the book for the first time can be like, oh, so this is this is Angel, this is Nightcrawler. Yeah. I know. I just feel like the... there's a more natural way Loeb could have done. Oh that. yeah, is yeah. There, but... I mean, like I I use your names all the time, Daryl. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's one of those things that I just find I find uniquely special about comics. And, and just one uh, on the start from the beginning thing, comics are also very experimental. Uh, yeah. uh, so like a lot of everyone's visions of the characters are not how they started out as. Like, if you love X-Men, you should probably start with, like, the literally the 90s X-Men. Because that's probably what you're thinking of. Like, if you read, like, 80s, even 80s X-Men, it's completely different than what you're picturing. Because yeah. comics go to many different decades. So, people are saying, I should have to start from the beginning. If you want the characters you like, you probably shouldn't start from the beginning. You should start, like, you should just ask somebody, what's the best way to start? Like, X-Men should definitely never start at the beginning if you want, like, Wolverine, Jean Grey cuckolding Cyclops. You gotta jump to but, the 70s for that, actually. But, like, but like, even then, like, if you start from the beginning for X-Men 1, that's in a shared universe that had already existed for 20 years. You yeah. know, like, it's still not technically the beginning unless you start with Marvel Comics number one. Mm-hmm. You know, which, like, is... And, like, nobody's gonna... Like, not nobody, but very, very few yeah. people are gonna do <laughs> Weirdos that. Weirdos like us. Weirdos like us are gonna do it. Yeah, but, like, that that's something that I think, like... It's. I get why it's a turnoff for people, but that's the thing that is like a. a, a it's a draw for me because mm-hmm. it's this sense of rich history that you don't you don't really get as explicitly anywhere else. Yep. And and there's just cool stuff you can do with the medium in general, yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah. wise or like storytelling wise. Like we yeah, saw we saw absolutely. a bunch of that and shade and even fifty fifty two. Even I was like, this is, I I really enjoyed that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought I was saying this comic. <laughs> But, I mean, we talked about like layouts and and the art and everything that. Helped. But one of the things about being truly collaborative too is like this book is terrible, but there's still like lots of stuff about the art that we really liked and appreciated, and like that's the thing. Like when we read Cry for Justice, the art is great in that book, but the book's bad. You know, you're getting a a valid re- emotional response to it, even if the story's bad. You're still gleaming off of more things. It's like when you listen to a band that might be a bad band, but their guitar player is really good or they have mm-hmm. a great singer. You can latch on to aspects of it. But I feel like in comics, it's easier to compartmentalize it in ways because of like this rich tapestry that you can look for different elements a little easier and more explicitly. <sighs> 
<sighs> so so anyway, let's end this podcast forever. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah, after comics. after building up comics and talking about how great they are, uh, we don't we're not reading comics yeah, anymore. I don't want to read any more fucking comics. <laughs> we kept we kept all the serious stuff last time, so that's fine. We could you know, we could we could still goof about it. Mm-hmm. But okay, does anybody have any final messages for everybody? If you've been listening since, like, the early beginnings or, like, you've, you jumped in and you listened to the beginning, basically, if you listen to the whole thing, congratulations. That's a that's a <laughs> mighty feat. Well, in general, thank you for your support. Yeah. You guys. Oh, like, yeah, like absolutely. Last time, like we said last time, you guys kept this show alive. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, wouldn't, yeah, we would not have done it without you guys yeah. messaging us and being like, Sly's wrong about this thing. <laughs> yeah, that, keep, that keeps me going, just knowing Sly's wrong. <laughs> He's not, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, fuck you guys. Well, thank you all for listening to Divisive Issues these past four years. I've been Ryan. I've been Sly. I've been Joe. I've been Phil. And I've been Daryl. Stay in continuity. No, uh, pray for a reboot. <laughs> pray for a reboot. <laughs> Baba Baba Booey. Booey. I'm finally getting it.